0: Welcome to the BRP Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I am here from the Berwick Mansion, the new pool room studios. I'm very happy to be here tonight. I'm a few teeth short of a full deck. That's right. You heard me when I said teeth there. I had emergency dental surgery on Friday. I'm hopped up on some painkillers. But guess what? That's not going to deter me from getting into some Mezcal Palomas tonight. Doctor's orders. Be damned. Honest to God, those (laughs) quacks, they're trial and error specialists. I don't trust them in the first place. I never should have gone to the dentist. That's where the the trouble started. Anyway, uh, without further ado, my beautiful co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Windsor. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, buddy. Just make sure you don't drink it through a straw and you'll be fine. That's
0: what they tell me. No straws, no straws, and apparently no mouthwash, which seems counterintuitive. I don't know if nine out of ten dentists would recommend. but
1: And uh, no weed. You won't be able to smoke any weed for a while.
0: Ooh. I might have already broken that sin. <laughs> You're going to get dry socket. It's sin. not going to be okay, funny. I don't know. <laughs> just um, eat it. No, I, listen, Mike, I feel like I'm really starting to embody my Kansas roots. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get down to maybe one or two teeth. And then <laughs> I, can, bitch. I can, you know, and then I can really, I'll just move to Kansas and we can do the pod um, right, from, uh, right from the hill. That would be fun.
1: Get you a nice pair of uh, overalls
0: listen i look fucking sexy in overalls i i I will say this i cannot allow anything else to be part of that attire it's got to be overalls and nothing else
1: just a piece of piece of straw sticking commando
0: overalls straw sticking out of my mouth dirty work boots i mean that's a look for me i could do a whole calendar shoot like that (laughs) i'm telling you it would fly off the shelves anyway buddy what's new what's going on with you this week
1: well, this week, do you mind if I get take it to a little bit more serious note this week?
0: I I, I would like it if you did, seeing as how I came <laughs> right in with the uh, with with the uh, uh, the story about my teeth getting pulled. <laughs> Why don't you bring it back to a a, a place of uh, you know, like talk to the people here,
1: all right, reason all right. with them,
0: connect so, with them for a moment.
1: So usually, you know, any of anyone who's come back and listened, we we like to uh, start off the week with you know. Little, you know, a fun story or something to kind of, you know, get everything kicked off and, you know, get the, get the podcast and our guests warmed up. But Steve and I were kind of talking this last week, and um, we kind of wanted to talk about something a little bit more serious. We're not going to take too much time, but we wanted to at least bring this up. Because every week we tell you, don't just listen along, drink along. But we do realize, and I know from personal experience and friends that I've had in the service industry, that alcohol, it can be a dangerous thing. Alcohol, dependency, alcoholism. You Substance know, those, abuse,
0: period. Yeah
1: it, it, is a, it is a serious thing, especially for people who are in the industry where you're around that kind of stuff all the time and it becomes just such a norm. it's It can be a slippery slope. And even though we want to be here and make you guys laugh and tell some jokes and some funny stories, like we also care about you guys. and We want you to take care of yourselves. So basically, at the end of every episode starting from now, we're going to list a couple organizations that you can reach out to if you are struggling or if someone you know is struggling with. Uh, any kind of addiction or anything, um, you know, just something that you can reach out and, uh, you know, kind of take that first step. So, uh, you know, like I said, we want to we want to give some laughs and stuff, but we definitely want you guys, you know, to be happy and healthy first and foremost. So uh, just want to get that out there. And obviously, Steve and I are not professionals. We're not licensed to to help with any of that. But I say this really sincerely. Anybody out there that's listening, if if you are struggling with something like that and you need somebody to talk to Steve and I are here for you. I really mean that. We can't offer you any professional help. You can shoot but us an email,
0: and we'd be happy to listen.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's just that first conversation with somebody, especially someone who doesn't know you, who's a third party, who isn't going to pass any judgment. If you guys ever need somebody to just reach out to and chat with about that, we're here for you. And, of course, all that would be, you know, completely confidential. So just Not wanted to... to... Yeah. Not to
0: mention, Mike, I'm sure pretty much anybody that would call in any warts that they've got, we've gone through it, through it too. We're, we're, (laughs) we're no angels on this pod. Um, look, Mike, Mike hit the nail right on the head. Guys, we love to have fun. We're going to keep having fun. Um, but you know, the biggest thing is it's listen along it's drink along, but we want you to stick around and, uh, you know, we want you to be happy, healthy and happy. And, and that, uh, you know that starts with with you taking care of yourself. And you know, honest to God, this isn't coming out of any particular place. It's just Mike and I were having a powwow this week, and and we said, you know what? Look, if this, you know, if this pod is really about um, connecting with people and and really um, giving a conduit for the people who have not been in the service industry to understand it, and and an outlet for the people who are in the service industry for all the bullshit you put up with mm-hmm. and and how tough that business is. Um, then we got to start reinvesting in our, our listeners, too. And, and look, we love doing this and we want to keep doing this. And so we just want to let you guys know at the end of each pod, we're going to start posting some uh, some uh, places that you can go to uh, if you if you need help. And you're welcome to obviously contact us as well.
1: So absolutely. And let me just say, I felt comfortable bringing that up on this podcast because I know we're kind of bringing the, you know, the, the mood down a little bit. But we've got a great guest uh tonight i mean he was actually mentioned on the bonus episode with trauma parlor i bleeped his name out because we couldn't i couldn't get a hold of him at first and i wanted to be safe you know rather safe than sorry but maybe we'll get back into the story that he got cut you know his name got cut out of so without further ado we're gonna we're gonna bring it to you here, people please welcome trent pruitt to the show All right, Trent. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, what's up, (laughs) y'all?
0: So happy to have you here, Trent. It is a pleasure. My God, man, that is a sweet patch of lip meat you got sitting under your (laughs) nose right there, my friend. Thanks, man.
2: Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. (laughs) I I thought I would, uh, came back for a, uh, one of my best friend's weddings, so I thought I'd really bring the heat, you know, came, came, uh, prepared it also came with a corduroy 70s you know bell-bottom leisure suit so Listen, i if, felt like it just I'd prepared perfectly you know? if that's
0: the if that's the attire it's pretty much required to have a stash like that my friend you you, 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 you gotta you gotta go in uh uh you know follicles of to a wedding where you're wearing a corduroy jumpsuit you know
2: absolutely and you know it, there was no uh, no surprises there. You, you know, the, the family of the groom and the bride both have known me for a long time. They were, you know, I wasn't. There was no shock and awe campaign. You know, Trent. I, <laughs> I can't believe he it. owns a suit. <laughs> but if he well, did, I knew it looked like that.
0: <laughs> well, listen, we for the, You know, we always talk about theater of mind. That's the great thing about the audio medium. So I'm, you know, I've never met Trent before. I'm. It's happening right now. I mean, guys, this is a this is a fresh faced. Uh, new friend in my life that that we're, you're going to get to hear in real time my reaction. So I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture. Trent Trent has this long flowing hair. He's got this sweet stash. Needless to say, as a bald man in America, I'm a bit jealous of he, <laughs> he comes right on. He throws it in my face. And I'm looking. And, and Mike's got this sweet patch of lettuce. I know we talk about uh, my feather haired friend all the time. So uh, I'm staring down. Uh, two very uh, blessed individuals in that department and, and, uh, gotta say I'm in to tell today, <laughs> but happy to be drinking some tequila. That'll, that'll drown my sorrows on that. Well, and not, not, Cheers, not man. just
1: tequila, Mezcal, which mezcal. There, there is a little bit of difference. And, you know, I've tried to do some research on it and, uh, I've, I've come back with conflicting things, but from what I understand, all tequila is Mezcal, but not all Mezcal is tequila. True. Yeah, so uh, that's as far as I understand it. Um, All
2: crack is cocaine, not (laughs) all cocaine is crack.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Perfect analogy. So uh, tonight we've got some spicy cayenne Mezcal Palomas. Yes, sir. Okay, so do you want to give us a little insight as to why you picked this drink?
2: So this is probably a good segue, too. I mean, it'll it'll lead into some of the stories and, and, and places later on. But I worked at this bar in New Orleans. Um, for several years, I've worked at several of them for several years and in in any given incantation Tuesday, Thursday here, Monday, Friday here, but this one in particular had this late night tapas joint in it and had, it was, it was excellent. And they had this, this dish that was called a trust me dish and the chef, the chef would just whip up what I know would just whip up whatever it was, it was always excellent. I mean, he was people, people loved it. Now here's what I didn't like. After he's been doing this for 10 years, all of a sudden, the bar decides that they want to do that with cocktails. Oh. And we're high volume, big weekend spot, fucking bullshit. So, my buddy, uh, we'll call him Bob, but uh, I mean, whatever, he doesn't doesn't give a shit. (laughs) My buddy Bob uh, just came up with a bunch of simples and was like, who gives a shit what we put in here? Just put in some vodka, put in this blueberry simple, put in this cayenne simple. But this was uh, a cocktail that he came up with that was great. And so I just, I would always use that. I got good at making it. I use it as a go-to. So I'm be like, I'll be like, do you like spice? Bingo. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what like, I am saying, right?
1: I love a spicy cocktail, so I'm excited for this. So it's yeah.
2: Mezcal. It's Mezcal. It's a cayenne simple syrup. Um, easy on the cayenne, usually. Uh, I went, I went. Two, two, and one, basically, like, you know, two cups sugar, two cups water, as any si- simple syrup goes. But I used to do uh, two ounces of cayenne. I only did, like, one and a little bit of change today, and it's still, it's still doing me good. It's kind of okay. like a So we, but...
0: we did do one spicy cocktail in the pot before. We had uh, one of our buddies, Brian, came on, and he made us a spicy margarita. So I, I'm not usually one for the spicy cocktails, but you did pick my favorite tequila cocktail of all time. I'm a crazy Paloma fan. So excited to, to, to try this little like twist. Mm-hmm. I, I always love that. When somebody um, introduces a classic cocktail that has that kind of like, either it's their personal touch or it's just kind of a new way to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, all, it's always fun to try stuff like that. So I'm excited to get into it, man. It's a great choice.
1: Yeah. So why don't you tell the people how to assemble it? And then once you start, Getting the drink assembled will give you a little bit, a little bit, not a book, a little bit of history on Mezcal and the Paloma drink.
2: Okay, so should I... Should I run them through it as I'm making it, or just yeah? If
1: you want to do that, and, and then just kind of interrupt this as we go, and we're going to tell just a little bit of backstory about the of mezcal and everything.
2: Well, maybe I'll just run down the ingredients okay. for, yeah, there you go. and then I'll sure. and then I'll step up because this might be a little loud. I'll step up. Of we it's all right. Because because people to... like the ASMR. Okay. Right? Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, so basically, we
0: we definitely want to hear you shake it, Trent. <laughs> I,
2: I I get a little loose with this, you know. <laughs> if I was writing this cocktail, I would say 1.75 mezcal, uh, one ounce cayenne simple syrup ounce and a half 1.25 lime juice two ounces of ruby grapefruit usually ruby red grapefruit um did I say lime juice Sorry, yeah lime juice. yeah you got lime yeah juice. yep that's it shake yeah. it simple. garnish it garnish it with a the lime there you go. and it, and it's delicious and you know sometimes if you get too much spice or something I was sitting at the bar with a gun I would, you know, give it a little straw taste and then hit it with some soda if it was, uh, okay. if it was a little it's bit cut. too caliente, it's but cut you know, a
1: bit, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, cool. All right, yeah, go ahead and get that uh, assembled for us. And then, um, what, what I love it in the mezcal we've got tonight, and which one did you say you actually prefer as your favorite?
2: Well, I will say this. So, what we're drinking tonight is is Monte Albán, and it is very what easy I've to used, find. By the way, easy to find, easy to, easy, to find, um, really affordable. And what I've used in most bars, I ran this cocktail um, on a menu in a bar in Austin and at several bars in New Orleans for long periods of time. And it it went well. And we would get, you know, good deals on cases of Monte. But then we also started getting uh, Illegal Mezcal, which is out of Texas, started basically price matching us because they wanted us to run it on this cocktail, which was great. Illegal Mezcal is excellent. I also am a big fan of Jim and Bolt. And just off the top of my head, those are ones that I've always had. Good success with, and and, and even more though when I get with when I start getting into the the illegal and the Jim and Bolt, you know, so I I, I want to just like rip it rip a thumb of it <laughs> yeah, rather than put it in a cocktail. Sure. I got
0: I got to hop in on the illegal uh, front. So a lot of the listeners out there might not know that there is actually a distillery. That makes tequila under the brand name illegal. Yes, tequila. yes, yes. Um, it's not.
2: It's not like moonshine, mezcal, or right. anything. It's so it is been, the brand illegal. Right.
0: So they've been very popular in the Southwest, and I know um, definitely uh, in in that kind of Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas area. We actually had a big illegal pop up event here in Baltimore about three years ago. They came out to a bar in Fells Point called Ride. And uh and they did a bunch of cocktail tastings. They've been doing better on the East Coast, but they don't have a great presence in Baltimore. Last time I saw them was Philadelphia. So uh, illegal might be a hard one to hunt down, but if you can find it, it's delicious.
1: Yeah, very good. So a little bit of history on Mezcal, and I remember Mezcal vividly because I was first introduced to it when I was bartending at uh, Bluestone, and the reason it sticks out so much in my mind is because Mezcal, this Monte Alba, has a worm in the bottom in the bottle. And you always hear about the worm in the bottom of the tequila bottle. And as far as I understand, and I'm probably wrong, so I don't need anybody, you know, writing in and correcting us. You know, do your own research, I guess. But from what I understand, Mezcal was started, um, created by the conquistadors back when they came to the New World. And after they kind of, you know, went through the, the you know, spirits of the indigenous people, they needed something a little bit stronger, which is where Mezcal came from. And as far as I understand, Mezcal is typically... Uh, fermented from the blue agave cactus. And uh, the reason that you find the worm a lot of times in these different tequilas, or especially in this mezcal is because it is a specific, um, I think it's a moth, that is that only lays its um, eggs in the, in the blue agave cactus. Really? So it's a way of saying this is authentic blue agave and here's the worm to prove it.
0: So here's the question. Do they throw the worm in at the end to say, hey, this is authentic or... Yeah. Do you think that the tradition may have even started accidentally? Like, hey, we bottled some tequila, <laughs> sure. and a worm slipped maybe. his way in.
1: You know, I don't know what kind of distillery you've got. If at the very end there's still worms lurking around, but Dude, maybe <laughs> if, I was,
0: if I was a blue agave moth worm, I would want to be friends with that worm. Okay, yeah, that guy well, knows that guy knows how to find a good time.
1: It, and you remember the the first episode when I told you the the. Uh, oh, actually, never mind. That's going to give too much information away. All right, never mind. Um, okay, well, I'm going to take the
0: reins back from you. <laughs> <laughs> see, You've to
1: I told you, careful. you got to censor yourself. You got to be careful. <laughs> this, this,
0: this guy is trying to tease all you nice people out there. I'm I, really I,
1: not. I'm sorry.
0: Just to give you a little bit more background on the Paloma specifically. Now, yeah, well, go let's, on. No, go ahead. Let's have Trent shake it shake up, baby. Shake it up. Shake up, it
2: shake up, up baby. <laughs> see. You know, you said ASMR. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here without quite the rights. Uh, but you know, I'm doing my best. There's was a little spill.
0: It's all right. You got. If you're not spilling, you're not bartending, right? Um, Thanks,
2: Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. No, it's not your fault. Yeah, Sorry, Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> so, so
1: Steve is recording from the Berwick Pool Room, Berwick Mansion Pool Room Studios. I'm recording from Morgan Windsor's Sex Dungeon Studios. So yeah, I'm in Morgan's place. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm babysitting his dog Simon. He's here on the couch. He's being a good boy. Uh, so you might, you might hear him a little bit later on, but Look, anyway, go per, on about the history as, here.
0: As per usual folks, it's a fucking rodeo show. <laughs> we, we are putting this together. asses on the fly. Legit. Um, no, I just wanted to give a little bit of background on the Paloma. I fell in love with this cocktail in college. I you know, I've always been a big whiskey drinker and I don't like cocktails that are sweet. I really don't. And I was trying to search out um, a cocktail. I need a little bit of a a break from whiskey. I've always been a tequila fan, but I didn't want a margarita. It's a little too tart. And and usually bartenders don't know how to make it right. So it either ends up way too tart or way too sweet. That's when I stumble along the Paloma. I'm a huge grapefruit fan. If you fresh squeeze it with the ruby red, it's delicious. So start drinking these. And so when I heard that we were going to do this tonight, I got really excited. This is my favorite tequila cocktail. I had never looked up the history of it. How you know how it got its name. Apparently there's a little controversy. Uh, you know, this is the most popular tequila based sure. cocktail in Mexico. A lot of people um say, hey, the, the drink is named after La Paloma, uh the the Spanish for the dove, which is a popular folk song, which was composed way back in the eighteen hundreds. But most people, and, and the Difford's guide to bartending, actually says it was created by the legendary bartender, Don Javier Delgado Corona who owned a bar in La Cappahia, Tequila, Mexico. One of the first ever um, uh, founded commercial bars in all of Mexico. I cool. like that story better. I, I, We're going to go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I, I went down a crazy rabbit hole about Javier Delgado Corona. This guy is a motherfucking OG in the bartending business. I'm going to put up some profile on him this week. He's really fascinating. He was like Zorro and uh, – Tom Cruise's character from Cocktail <laughs> fucked and had a baby. It was
2: amazing. <laughs> I love this guy. Um,
0: so I, I'm he- not. I'm going to say. Was was he rolling
2: with Pacho Villa? Yes. He took took him along as his personal bartender. (laughs) Pacho Villa's
0: (laughs) smuggling the mezcal to him. He's making Pacho Villa (laughs) cocktails for the road. You know, El Roadie Sodis. You know, so I thought. Spanish
2: for the roadie (laughs) Sodis. Yes.
0: I thought that was a great little piece of history. So, So,
1: Steve, do you have your uh, Paloma uh, ready to go? I
0: certainly do, boys. All right. Well, then,
1: cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Tink and
2: Virtual Tink. Cheers. You know, if there's anything that really. Peps up my day. It's a little, oh, uh, that's a little good. sweet nectar the ouch tree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <The little laughs> the cactus tree.
1: juice. That is great, and the spice is. I love, I love that hint of spice on a good drink like this. It just, it kind of gives you that mm. whole other extra flavor profile that you're not expecting. See,
2: and I could, I could, you know, I, I know you told me that you like spice, mm-hmm. but I still didn't want to, you know, just go. Yeah, want to kill him? I didn't. Know. I didn't want to burn him out on it because yeah. I mean, there's definitely you can make this drink in such a manner. So I was saying it's like going loosely with it, with portions where, you know, you up it to somewhere in the two, two and a half ounce range, go full pint glass and, and a little extra spice and you can sit and sip on it for an hour. Yeah. That's a good and, point. And you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's like, not something I, you're going to pound. Yeah. yeah well, but yeah, also the problem is you
1: have somebody who's like, oh yeah, I can take it. Then you make them one that you would normally drink and you're like, oh, that's too uh, spicy for me. Right. So.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: All right, well, this is a great cocktail, great
2: choice. I'm also, here. thanks for the lesson there. I mean, I made this cocktail, but I knew absolutely none of the shit that you just said. So you know, you know the you're Mike, learning me something here, Steve.
0: Listen, it's it's I'm learning myself, man. The, the, you know, Mike and I, I feel like we it's every episode where we have this. Um, I don't think we can call it an epiphany anymore. If you have the epiphany once a week. Um, but it's just like <laughs> – I feel like it's a knock in the head. Sounds like work.
1: a p- for a drunk. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's like a knock in
0: the head. Every single week we, we are sitting here saying, man, you know, the greatest thing about this pod are these stories that we forgot about that come out. Or we learn something new about a great bar that I've never been to or learn something cool about a cocktail I've been drinking forever. So I love just the pr- – there's something about the practice of it. You know, recording this, putting it on wax – um memorializing you know the bartenders the bars the cocktails the stories it's it's that's why this is so much fun so Mm -hmm. i i i'm not kidding guys like i went to do five minutes of paloma research and two hours later (laughs) later don javier delgado corona was my was my dog. I was like, I would ride with this guy. If he was reincarnated right now, I would be his bar back. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready to run ice to, and trash. To Don Javier, then. Don Javier. Should we, get Javier. Tattoos? Should we get some Don
2: Javi tattoos, boys?
1: Yeah. Let's <laughs> see how many blokes we get through first. Can I, can yeah, I I'm be I, making a late night run. Can
0: I tell you? I don't know if you could make it spicy enough for Don Javier. I'm serious. Probably not. I'm not sure. All um, right. All well, right. Well, look, without further ado, I want to jump into, uh, you know, what we call our service industry, kind of overview, a little bit of your background. Look, everybody is on LinkedIn. They're trying to flex. Hey, here's my career. Everybody be impressed. We call this the drinking. okay? This is your bartending background, your serving background. How did you get into the industry? You know, kind of what's the extent of the, the service that you've done, maybe different positions you have held um and how you came up and then where where are you now if you're still working in it or if you've you've jumped out
2: gotcha well i mean steve did you say you're from kansas as well i was born in wichita i spent, oh, okay
0: i spent two months there and uh and then i uh, got shipped right off to baltimore and oh, I okay. have, I, I, i'm All from right. kansas with big air quotes
2: gotcha gotcha well um to, to the natives that were born and raised, you know, it, it, for me, I'm from a, a little town just north of Pittsburgh called Fort Scott. And I got in the service industry to get out of blue collar, you know, to get off the farm and out of swinging a hammer. I was just tired of it. I, you know, it was people, literally my aunts, uncles, you know, I had to go hay every summer or, uh, you know, I mean, I liked the, I, I did like farming to some extent. And we had some cattle and, and whatever, but, you know, my, my parents read houses and, and later on, carpentry became a passion of mine. But, you know, fresh out of high school, I was so tired of swinging a hammer. I was like, I'll do anything. So I started cooking. Uh, That's how I started
0: too, baby. Yeah. Got, yeah. Frying wings and fries, dude. You're yeah, I was terrible. That I was, I was awful from.
2: at it. And thank, thank God I did though, because I wouldn't have been able to cook shit if I hadn't have spent some time, you know, working in a, in a commercial kitchen. And I'm sure that uh, my girlfriend is, is happy about that as well. Uh, but yeah, so, so it was, it started there and it's funny cause it's, it's kind of a, kind of a callback. I'd had some other little dishwashing jobs or whatever, but I, I moved to, I'd worked in some kitchens in Kansas city. moved Sorry, back what, to Pist- was,
0: what was the first kitchen? Sorry. What was the name of the first kitchen?
2: The first kitchen was this little, uh, restaurant. The first, well, the first kitchen outside of being a dishwasher was a pizza joint in Kansas city called Minsky's. It was like okay. a local chain.
3: All right,
0: all
2: right. Um, and I was. Just rolling dough and sauce and pies, man. You know, <laughs> that I, was I, it.
0: I was working for the Mastro Manolis family doing the same damn thing, dude. <laughs> yeah. Manny's family pizza in Rock yep. Springs. Sorry.
2: I was like, I was like 19 and I'm like, man, why won't any of these le- motherfuckers let me deliver pizzas? I want to get out of this kitchen. I want to make tips like you know it's the you know you're uh, at the time that your perspective is is so skewed you're like all these fucking 20 year old motherfuckers <laughs> they got nicer cars than me and got the shitbox trucks and letting them run the pizzas in the suburbs yeah, well, anyway, if, plus if you're you thinking, listened
1: to the first episode, you knew that I was delivering pizza. Yep, so, yep, yeah, yeah, I I yeah. all it was. I, think we all do. I might go back to it, to be
0: honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plus you're <laughs> thinking to yourself as you, you know, and I, I remember these days. Um, what we were known for at Manny's was cheesesteaks, and I would stand over this hot flat iron grill six hours at a time, and it's just you know 200 300 cheesesteaks during dinner rush, right? Just oh, one after another, making the same thing over and over again. You're sweating all over yourself, and you're just thinking, I got way too much personality for this. What the- yeah. Where is yeah. my human interaction right now? Yeah, this and if they let into- me,
2: if they let me get on delivery, I could also like start selling weed, man. Double <laughs> up. I mean, I, I had an entrepreneurial spirit.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. dude. I can't tell you how many times I did deliver pizza, and I, like the people would call me ahead of time, like, "Hey, you're the delivery driver, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, can you pick us up a six pack? I'm like, "Sure," because they always would throw you such a great tip. Oh yeah, doing that, you know.
2: Oh yeah, I, I did get lucky. Um, on a handful of occasions, you know, maybe, maybe half a dozen working at that, at that pizza joint. It was on the South, like Southwest suburb, Olathe of Kansas city. And there's this private club. I'm doing air quotes there. No one can see it. Um, (laughs) strip club that was just out on the outside of it called Bonita Flats. And, oh, I don't, should I say that? Can I say that? Yeah. Like, okay. As long yeah. as you're
1: not going to like do a public, you know. Or no, like no, 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 no. It's great.
2: It's, it's great strip club. Okay. Yeah. Um, talk it up.
1: It still <laughs> but, is. But,
2: yeah. but, you know, I'm like 19 and and they cut the delivery drivers. At some point, and cut deliveries, but they would always deliver to Bonita's. So they'd yeah. be like Trent, why don't you just run these pizzas over to Strip Club? And they yeah. loved me; I was their hero. It was <laughs> great, you know. Like, and I'm hell sure you're yeah. like, if
0: I'm sure you're like, if I have to, fine. They, <laughs> Damn,
2: coming from cool. a little town, I'm like living in the city. Fucking rules, <laughs>
0: trips. <laughs> Alright, so we sidetracked you there, but uh yeah, so you, you're yeah. cooking at a few places, you're bouncing around, and and, yeah. and you start to say, I gotta get that fuck out of the kitchen.
2: Right, right. Well, basically what drew me into all of it was was music. I'm a musician and that doesn't make any money, so I had to do something else. And and I know the trauma parlor boys boys were talking about uh, fat daddies. And uh, back you know, way back when I was cooking over there. It's kind of how that all got started. There was a GM that wanted to start having music there, having an open mic. My buddy Alex Skimica and I were the only ones who would show up. We'd just show up with our acoustic guitars and we'd play. And then we started bringing our bands and then everyone else started coming. Cool. So you were there.
1: actually like kind of the foundation of bringing that music. Because yeah. that was, like they talked about, that was such a huge outlet for musicians in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I mean, you actually kind of
2: helped bring that to life. I, I did. I That's did. That's cool. um, really cool. It was it was It was a lot of fun. I mean, no one, I mean, a lot of it was Alex. I mean, Alex would bring in his PA and, and everyone loved his band at the time. Everyone knew Alex. Yeah. So people would come in and then I was getting a chance to to share my stuff with those people and then we brought our bands in and then just like Mark was saying too, all of a sudden people just start crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah yeah and you know whole bands like meg's band dead eye and yeah. and, and we had this this uh this really great community that lasted for a while there i get mm-hmm.
0: goosebumps when y'all talk about it because it just sounds so organic it, it remind I, I mean seriously mike it reminds me of when my brother was playing in all these different all these different rock bands. i mean he must have played in five or six different bands at a time and we would just pop around all these crappy little bars around mm-hmm. baltimore yeah and it was the same a hundred kids every single show in the yeah. audience and on stage, and I just loved it, man. You know, yeah,
2: well, I mean, being a small town, we just had that one place, and yeah. so these Thursday night open mics became the thing. You know, for
3: yeah.
2: it didn't last that long, for like six months. That was the thing. Everyone was there on Thursday mm-hmm. night. You come with some new material, do your thing. But anyways, you know, being that age, I was I was twenty one. Just feeding his beer all the time. Like, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to get on the other side of this. So, a few more years doing a lot of this and that music, blue collar, touring. And then I moved to New Orleans. I went, my best friend lived down there. Uh, He moved down right after Hurricane Katrina and started working as a long term volunteer through AmeriCorps. Cool. And then took a full time job with the organization that he was volunteering through. So I'd go down and help him. You know, I'd volunteer and hang out with him and get way too drunk and, and fell in love with the city. <laughs> Nothing and, like drunken
0: volunteering. Hold on, hold on. Nothing like drunken volunteering in New Orleans. That's a <laughs> town. <laughs> that's a town that's made to be drunken. Oh uh, yeah,
2: and I'd always go in the summer, of course. So I'm like on a roof. I'm just. It's just fucking miserable. You, you sneak off. I'm working with all these church groups and like sneak around to the corner store and just like rip one real yeah. quick. Cause I'm dying. <laughs> Get back on the roof, carry on, do it all over again. So, so long story short, I'd been, i have been touring for the better part of a year with his band out of Texas. It dried up. Um, and I went down just to hang out with him and help him with a few projects. He had, he had a little bit of work here and there and, I was there like four days. He's like, stay. His girlfriend and him had just split up. She moved out of this house he bought. He's like, go get a job. Yeah. Stay here. And I did. And then I thought that was a really unique story for, like, three days. And, like, walking to the neighborhood bar, and like, so how'd you get here, man? I'm like, well, I just showed up with a duffel bag. My buddy was like, you know, stay here, and here I am. And then, like, sound off down the bar, like, yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, me too, me too. And then, you know, then the rest are like, yeah, we, I mean, we, I grew up in this neighborhood. But, Yeah. this is how I got to know all these assholes. And now you, apparently. But, yeah, so then the same thing there. It just... I took some delivery jobs off the bat to catch some quick cash. A little carpenter jobs here and there, and then started a band pretty much immediately. Was recording with this guy uh, who worked at a club called Gasa Gasa that was uptown. And next thing I knew, it, I was working there. I was working door shifts, and then uh, not shortly thereafter, you know, managing at night and picking up bar shifts. And and here I am, 25 years old. And I'm bartending at a music club in New Orleans, That's awesome. and and uh, <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It was great. What, what it, kind of music? It uh, the, the club. Yeah, I mean, it was everything, and and we had it was great. We had some great national acts. I mean, I got to see bands that that I had worshipped up to that point, like uh, this Japanese psych rock band called Acid Mother's Temple. I mean, we had <laughs> we had King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard there twice. This two hundred 200 cap room I mean just going off like some of their their, I think it was their first shows in New Orleans on some of their first first tours in the states um who else did we have there we had Big Business there which is like a stoner metal band out of the out of the northeast that or northwest rather that I've loved forever. A lot of just like cult acts. Um,
1: yeah. Nico's Nico, I'm sorry listeners you don't know, but Nico has started to introduce me to all this stoner doom.
2: Oh oh yeah, well you it's can't a, ever get him to shut up about it. It's I a mean, different, you know, I, yeah, but I like it. it. It's He's a, like, it's hey, a, have you heard Dope <laughs> Throne?
1: <laughs> he <has. laughs> Let me tell
2: you about Electric Wizard. I'll tell
1: you what, he has helped me out on my uh, Boo Bash playlist. Which by the way listeners, if you like Halloween, get on Spotify and check out the BRP Boo Bash. Because it's a solid Halloween playlist. So Sorry, I oh, didn't mean to interrupt yes, you there. No, you're good. However, oh. I do
0: need to cut in. It was a dogfight to get this guy to put the Monster Mash on there. But I want you people out in the audience to know that I fought for you.
1: I did. It was. I found a cover the, by the Misfits. That it, was cannot a, the it
0: cannot be a Halloween playlist without the Monster Mash, and I I'm not, refuse to hear anything to the contrary. All right.
2: All right. Steve. It's on <laughs> you there, know, I, I agree with it. Yeah. I agree with it. I mean, the Misfits twist is, I, I would say, preferable. But, you know, I like the campiness of the original. I'm, I'm not a hater. Yes. All right, it's on there. All right, moving on now. So so, so.
0: <laughs> so you fall ass backwards into bartending, managing, you're behind the pipes, and you're, yeah, at, the, yeah. you're at this kick-ass bar. I mean, so are you I, – I guess I don't know the, the current uh, state. Are you still down in New Orleans? You're just in town at the moment? Yes, or, or,
2: yes. So you, yes. Are you
0: still at that same joint?
2: No. No, so you um, bounce around since then. Yeah, that, that – uh, well – I'm going to save a couple more of those stories because yeah. they're going to, they're going to fall words, in good the in stories, the gauntlet. But just, just in as, the far gauntlet. As, the in,
0: as far as the industry background, you're still living in New Orleans. So you're still in still the bar living business. In New
2: Orleans, still in the bar business, uh, or well recently just kind of getting back in, but also, you know, there's the, the context of a global pandemic that mm-hmm. seemingly won't fucking end. So, right. um, and, and, and a city that rightfully has been very careful and very gun shy because it got its ass kicked so hard mm-hmm. just right off the bat. Yeah. Um, for well, a host mention, of reasons, but Yeah, not um, to
0: mention on top of the pandemic, all the weather that they deal with every year. Yeah. Every single year there.
1: Yeah, so I mean. well and, and for because I know we have international listeners, like New Orleans is like when you think of party cities in America, like New Orleans is like top three of the list. You know what I mean? Like, it's number one. Number Vegas. Sorry,
2: sorry, Las Vegas listeners. I'm sorry. So I love let me, you.
0: Let me jump in. I do have to say this. There are so many cities that because of how uh, my love for those towns, I do prefer them to, uh, New Orleans, but, but I have to side with Trent here. If you want to get rowdy, New Orleans is where you need to go. The reason being it's one of, it's one of the only big cities in America. You can drink in the street and they don't Mm -hmm. arrest you any, any time, not like special occasions. You start walking down the Vegas Strip with a beer in your hand, and watch how quick you get clotheslined. Oh, I hell yeah! I <laughs> promise you that. I promise. Oh hell you yeah.
2: That. I so, mean, also on that note, you know, I mean, I'm, don't take this as a personal challenge, but just, just don't be a pro, okay? If you come to New Orleans. Please be a pro. You act probably will like there. <laughs> you probably won't. Act like you know. That's what we say right there. <laughs> uh, what I've learned from yeah. down there, you know, rather than fake it like you make it, the New Orleans version is act like you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that will take you a long way. And it will keep you from getting rolled mm-hmm. or hustled and a lot of shit. You know, if you guys want you know, a blanket backstory, you know, I've got them on lock. You, you know, any sort of, you're from Lacombe, it's right outside the city. In and out of New Orleans. Oh, oh,
0: you're you're and, setting you know, up. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. You're setting up like uh, like witness protection. Oh, and totally. Aliases <laughs> for
2: people. I, so, I have <laughs> I give my friends I give my friends a story when especially you know when they're first time in town. I love I this. Did this. I did this with my buddy Skyler one time because he's like, of course, you know, immediately we get into New Orleans, coming from Houston. We were working over there, and he's like, "Let's go to Strip Club." I'm like, "All right, fine, but hear me out. This is your story." <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna be able to pull off like you're from, born and raised in New Orleans, but you're from close enough. I was like, as soon as we go through that, we live here. Blah blah blah. No one's gonna fuck with us. They're just gonna hang out. They'd be like, Hey, do you want to do cocaine? And can we hang out with you when these creepy guys stop giving us money? <laughs> and that's exactly how it went down. <laughs> Very cool. I, really, I love really it. pleasant. I
0: love it. I love that you're. You know, you might have a future uh, building profiles for like the FBI or something. <laughs> this is, this is, actually, you know, set up your own shop. Go and hang a shingle. You know what you do is you're the professional. You're like a um. You're like a uh, vacation uh, uh like agent, but you're at the destination. When people get off the plane, they come right to your office. You set them up with their their fake profile for the week. We could start these all over the place. I mean, when people go to you know when yeah. I go to Vegas, I'm I'm Bobby Uno. And and that's and that's my alias, you know. I, I it keeps me under well, you know, under wraps.
1: Yeah, and that and that does it makes me think too. Like whenever you're a tourist going to a place, you typically there are certain places you gravitate to just because it's like the tourist destination. Typically, right.
2: those are not the best places. They're the tourist. They're usually dress. not. So, they're like urban street, of, for instance. Of course, they're not because that. I mean, that's where the predators lie. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not. They're they're not, and they're not looking for. They don't. Nobody wants no. your fucking debit card. Nobody wants. The shirt off the your back. Is, they want the prices cash. Are
0: sky high, baby. So high yeah, in those
1: tourist tracks. In relation to Bourbon Street,
2: like, did you ever work Bourbon
1: Street? Or
2: I worked one block off Bourbon Street on the CBD side near a bunch of hotels. And I don't know how many times I would see. And and you know, I'm sorry, old white men. So actually, sorry, I'm not sorry <laughs> for anything. But you know, I don't know how many times. Well, I probably do. It was. It's around half a dozen. It's not like it's hundreds or anything, but guys that would come in at the end of the night, in their night, sitting in my bar, talking whatever their bullshit was, getting wasted, and then I'd see them the next day, and they got fucking rolled around the corner. Oh, man. You know? Because right. just, it's just like you looked the part, Yeah. Somebody knows. It's like I got sucker punched in the back of the head. Somebody oh. stole my wallet. I'm like, okay, no Dale. fucking shit, Dale. <laughs> that's, a, that's a
0: new meeting for a Louisiana Shiner. So, they weren't go- They weren't going early morning fishing. <laughs>
2: yeah no no. i know
1: we're about to get into the gauntlet but i just because i do i've been to new orleans a handful of times and um i don't i don't feel like i've ever had the true new orleans experience so just off the cuff uh, the other night at the bar you said you got the swamp in your blood now right yeah i love it so like what's your what's your reaction to when people talk about going to bourbon street
2: trash It's just like I mean I I mean also I get it. That's not fair.
0: I'm just like, hold on, or you're a bachelorette part.
2: Right. I mean I can mean that in so many ways. He'd be like, oh, you know, that's trashy, or there's trash everywhere, or you know. But I mean I I totally get the 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 novelty. And um and you know, I'm always I'm good for two or three times a year. I mean, I live within walking distance. It's a bit of a walk. I can get my bike there in no time. But the biggest thing is is that you? If you're going to New Orleans, you need to experience that. Do you need to experience it all night long? I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah. That's totally your prerogative. But there's so much more that the, that the city has to offer. And I really, I mean, honestly, I love the French Quarter in the day mm-hmm. because you do you have you've got the tourists out and uh, and it's bustling. And it's not, it's not quite as, just, just quite as raunchy. And, you know, it's at least been sort of freshly street cleaned. Mm-hmm. The smell of, yeah. of, hot piss and vomit yeah. is, is, is a little bit less. But even more so, all the, 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 the city characters are out, you know. Yeah. And if you get, if you get a block off of Bourbon Street, hell, someplace like the Aaron Rose or, uh, the chart room or the upper quarter, you get, you know, you get even further up, you get into Fahey's and some of these, that are tucked in off the of Treme. But if you just take a few steps off Bourbon Street, you're going to run into some of the best bars you've ever been to in your life yeah. and some of the strangest, most wonderful, wild people and bartenders. And, and its I just really encourage people to spend their time elsewhere, to do their lap, you know. Mm-hmm. And I get it. There's hotels down there. It's just, it's got, it's kind of like, it's important for the city, because it's important for revenue and keeping things going and keeping tourists entertained. But it's like the Vegas Strip. It's like, you know, like West six in, uh, in Austin or well, it's E six still, but on the other side of 35, there's just, uh, it's, they used to be things and now they're caricatures of what they used to be in my, in my opinion. Not to you know, mention,
0: it, not to mention for me, it's the monotony, you know, there have been, there have totally. been so many, so many bars that, you know, that I have loved over the years and you get about, you know, maybe uh, in a rut, go into that same bar over and over again, or you get six months in and you say, oh my God, it's the same songs every night. It's the same experience every night. It's the same drinks. It's the same people. And that's fine. I, I, I love, uh, th- there is something great about that camaraderie and consistency, but the great thing about the bar business is exactly what you're talking about. Finding something new. Find something you've never experienced before. That new yeah. bar, that new bartender, yeah. that hidden gem. That that surprise that's literally just right for you. I can't tell you how many dive bars I have accidentally stumbled into, and that has been the experience that stuck with me so much more than the place that I'm comfortable or that I know what I'm going to get. Well,
2: and a great dive is the sum of its customers, especially the sum of its regulars. So if you find somewhere that has encouraged this this community of whatever, you know pack of mutts that that that, inhabits, <laughs> that, that, that inhabits it, then like, that's what you're, that's what you're really finding there. Cause I mean, the whole thing with a pub in general, a pub or a bar, I mean, it's always, it's always been about community, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. you know,
2: that's, that's, I mean, from, from the, the origins of, of the bar, I mean, I mean, even in medieval times, I would assume that that was about a gathering place and about, you know, also like, you know, you know, drinking away the sorrow that you were yeah, dying at thirty-one. if you're living in the medieval
1: times, you need a fucking drink. Yeah, so. right. Mm-hmm. Give me a hot beer. So we'll probably have some more recommendations from Trent uh, at the end of the episode when we get into recommendations. But we're, this has been great. I love this has been a great intro. I'm so it went interested. on. It went on, but it's for fine a while. though because New Orleans is such New Orleans is such an interesting place, and it, it's awesome to hear some of the background of what it's actually like to be someone who's who's working there. You know, not just a tourist that's going and checking it out for a couple nights, but. I think it's I think we're ready now to get into the what did you say, the strange, the wonderful the and the wild? I think we're ready to get into the gauntlet. What do you think, Steve? I'm ready.
0: Just a pack right. of dogs. Here we go. Come on. All right, drill. motherfuckers. Get, the mucks well, get, get your <laughs> beads ready
1: and, and pull those shirts up, because we're gonna take Trent into the gauntlet, so here we <laughs> fucking go.
0: Alright, Trent. You're here. There's no turning back now, my friend. I'm sure you tell people the same thing when they wander off Bourbon Street next. <laughs> uh, okay, question number one, my friend, pet peeves and misconceptions.
2: Give I up, mean, right up.
0: Yeah, give us your pet peeves, either customers or service industry specific. It could be back in the house or things people don't know. Those are the ones that I like, too, is maybe something that people who don't work in service don't understand.
2: Well, first off, pet peeves easy. Snappers and waivers. Uh, <laughs> you're last. You're gone. I don't care how long you've been standing there. What about whistlers? You start. You start snapping. Like oh, it's same thing. Whistlers maybe even may, may even be worse. I was at a bar with my uncle once, uh, and and he he whistled at the waitress, and I like or I immediately stood up and chastised him, <laughs> and then she came over and served us and thanked me. <laughs> nice. It's like yeah, he saved his ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I saved my own ass. Yeah, so we, we talk oh.
1: about snappers and whistlers, and Simon got up and he had to leave. He's uh-huh.
2: scratching himself. If you can hear that, I mean, so. I mean, there's a million other pet peeves, you know. That's a good what, one. We haven't had. That what before. should I? What should I drink? <laughs> oh. What do you like? And it's always when you're six deep. Right. <laughs> I mean. Right. You know. Uh, what's
0: worse I, is when they tell you they're ready, and then they say,
2: "What's good yeah. here?"
0: That's not you being ready. Those
2: are two right.
0: actual right. oxymorons. They don't mean the same thing.
2: Well, and that's the thing. I think this pet peeve could also go into misconceptions. It's you get into a position, and uh, you know, in the most southern way to say, you're judging somebody. Bless their hearts, but uh, (laughs) they're just not looking around them. You're sitting in a busy bar. They're not ready for... They're asking for recommendations. They're not having any consideration for mm-hmm. the fact that you're getting your ass kicked. Yeah. And that's a misconception on their part mm-hmm. of what your job is and what the industry is. And also one of my pet peeves. Yeah. Just well, I mean, like, look you, around you.
1: If you go to a nice, uh, like, craft cocktail bar and it's, and it's a slower night, it's perfectly... You know, acceptable to ask the bartender, "What's a drink you do really well?" or "What's you know uh, one of right, these?" Uh, what's right. a drink that you would recommend? Really at
2: low volume, yes. I find that that's always acceptable. Exactly, even yeah. in, even in dives, and I've worked almost primarily in shitholes, exactly. ones that I love dearly. Yeah. But I went searching for those because I didn't want to deal with the other side. You yeah. know. Right, but, well, but you're right. You're but right. it's
1: just that self awareness of they're busy. The guy's running around like a chicken with his head yeah. fucking cut off. I'm not going to sit here and you know ask him twenty questions about what I should be drinking tonight. Yeah. I mean,
2: I feel like this is beating a dead horse talking to service industry vets, but you know, it, it really is. It becomes one of those things where once people get a drink or two in them and they're in a party environment, they just don't. They just don't treat you like you're at work. Mm-hmm. They treat Even you as though a you're, vet- work, no, you're a vending you're, machine. You're exactly, <laughs> it, it's That's like, I mean, like. I mean, and this sounds so cliche. It sounds so cheesy, but it's like you would be infuriated if I did anything, if I treated you even remotely like this at your job, oh, whatever yeah. the hell your job, the is, job is. Yeah, you know, you tell me to hit fuck hit the fucking bricks. Which, yeah. Also, to be fair, with the dive bar situation and and in working in New Orleans, I have been I have been lucky enough. Well, I also did this by design, but. To, to work places where I worked completely under my own autonomy. To where you can and If, tell I, people if, to I, if, if I told people somebody like to fuck off and they had a complaint, they wanted to complain to a manager, to a manager. Or, or write a bad Yelp review or whatever, no yeah. one gave a shit. They yeah. got my back 100%. Go. It's your bar. Yep. Do what you will. We trust you. You,
0: you know that famous sign, the uh, beatings will continue until morale improves? I've always thought, I've always thought, I, I, you know. At first, uh, back in the day, washing dishes, cooking, I used to hate that sign. I'm like, this is ridiculous. That's not going to help morale. That's stupid. Like, kind of coy threat. But then I've started to realize, you know what? That that sign just needs to be turned around to the customers because you're right. A bar yeah. that empowers you to take a little bit more, um, uh, to impose a little bit more respect for yourself mm-hmm. as a bartender and as a service industry employee. Those are the bars where I've seen much happier employees and better work ethic, happier customers, better mm-hmm. service times.
1: Because well, you're going to weed out, you're going to weed out the shitty customers. Right. You don't allow bad behavior, and when yeah, you don't most, allow
0: bad behavior, you everybody has a better time. Drinks come out faster. I, I know that sounds almost like counterintuitive, but you, you cannot allow that to be empowered. You can't. It's just,
2: most it's just, of the time, when you do that as well, most of the time people get in line pretty quickly. And then, I mean, that, that's their warning. And and usually stay and have a great time. If they don't, they hit the bricks. And then everyone else has a better time. Because mm-hmm. you just weeded a shit heel out of the bar. Yeah. Who was probably bothering everyone yeah. in the first place. Which, on that note, I would I would I would get into this more around number 10. But it makes for a really comfortable environment in, in New Orleans. I've never seen, now again, this is not Bourbon Street, neighborhood bars, etc., I've never seen less bar fights in my life, especially coming from Kansas, where it's just like people come out ready to rumble. But if someone's acting a fool, generally, whether they're complete strangers or not, if the bartender says something or another person has a problem, the entire bar will escort them out. Bye, you're gone, and everyone goes about to having a good time.
0: Love that. I love that. I got to ask you before we move on, you know. I don't. I I have been at a lot of bars sixty, and I don't think that there is a really good way to try to expedite service. Um, I don't know if you have any recommendations. The only one I have is, if you're, you know, if you're out at a really busy bar and you really want to get to the front of that line, it should not be an interaction with the bartender. You should tap the guy at the front of the bar, or the girl at the front of the bar on the shoulder, and say, "Hey, guess what." If I can get up there, I'll buy everything that you're ordering right now. I'm making yeah. my way to the yeah, front Yeah, you're line.
1: right. To you're me, right. that's
0: the only acceptable way to really expedite your service. You got
1: to right. be careful. You got to make sure they're not with a big group. No, I hear you. That, I, I'll buy see, his I, drinks. I'll buy his drinks too. I just, I, I I, use, you know, I
0: hate waiting, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna snap I, at somebody. You I know? use
1: that move when I'm at a concert or like a festival venue, sure, where there's a big line to the drinks. Mm-hmm. Right, you, you have 30 minutes to get a fucking beer, so I always walk up to the next person line. I'm like, hey, I'll buy you and your girlfriend a fucking drink. If you just buy my drink, mm-hmm. and it's easy, cost me it cost me sixteen dollars extra, but I don't have to stand there like an asshole for thirty minutes and have my drink right, right away. back to the show. Exactly. I mean, your,
0: I, I, why are you only targeting the uh, the couples there, Mike? Is this? Uh... Is this oh Michael Cockhold Windsor? Headed? That was just this, one, re- on? <laughs> one random why, why example. Couldn't, why couldn't it be a single female or, you know, an old... It could be a, a, a the
1: next person at the why fucking bar, okay? Why couldn't it have been the Golden Girls? I mean, why didn't have to be a couple? It's just one, just one poll from my memory, you know, it's whoever. But I have had people where I try to explain it and they're like, no, why would I buy you a drink? I'm like, I just explain, I'll buy your drink, I just don't want to wait in fucking wine. And they get all confused, and you, you move on to the person right behind them, and they're yeah. like, yeah, we'll fucking do it, and then that person's like, Oh, I fucked up. It's like, yeah, you, you got to be careful,
2: idiot. though, because some people, like, you know, if, if you were at a festival, like, ran into, like, you know, the, the guy at the front of the line was a, was a guy from Philly or something, you oh, think you were gotta trying, be quick, ca- trying to quick change him you, or something, and be you, like, get fucked, motherfucker. When you, hand,
1: when you hand that person that 20, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. always that moment yeah. where you you're just cash. like a hawk watching them, like, buy my fucking drink and bring it here, but they so easily just buy more drinks well, themselves, like, well, haha, fuck listen. off, man. As a veteran of this move, you
0: don't get in line with them. I become best friends with them. I, I'm, I'm standing yeah, there. Yeah. I'm that's, handing – literally, call. I'm there to the point of purchase. In fact, what I'll do if I can, if we have enough time, is I'll get their whole drink order and I'll be the one to order. I'll be like, need this, 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 and this, and then I just pay for it. And here you go. And then they can watch me like a hawk. Well, I can't you know,
2: you know, you're you're like, like, we let all me know. Have different styles when yeah, it comes totally. to this, you know? right. I definitely, right. though, as far as expediting, I mean – the trouble, the troublesome part about that, in my experience, has been that, that there's been I've kind of got half and half between sort of neighborhood dives and and venues, right? Like working events, and it's just right. loud. Little clubs, so loud. That's really but, tough. But generally, you know, even when it's busy, anyway, it's loud. I'll ask people if they're ordering for for a group. You know, it's like, are you are these, are these people with you? You guys ordering together? Mm. Or are, are, are you together, basically, and then be like, order the whole round, but make them get the next one. Like, order, he's gonna order a round, you'll get the next one. Okay, yeah. yeah what do you gotcha, got? Boom, gotcha, boom, boom, gotcha, six yeah. highlights, four shots of tequila. Yeah. Okay, you, you just, got it. You're
1: the conductor, you're right? Gonna, you're right. Seven of you aren't gonna come up. We're just gonna make it easy. Kind of try to
2: try to lead them there, or yeah. ask them if it, if they're just ordering solo drinks, because yeah. then you can just turn and burn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had the unfortunates though of of, of working well fortunate and unfortunates but of working in a lot of cash only bars and so it's like yeah. man that single that single transaction stuff where you gotta yeah, it's so and tough, anytime man. you anytime you lose steps you lose time you know yeah. I mean but
0: cash don't. transactions are great if you keep a purse on you like seriously yeah. you know the years of waiting tables and ha- and, and having that. That's actually a great
2: up. idea. I should. My girlfriend has a stash oh, I, of fanny packs, and no I'm working up, at a cash only bar right now. There you go. Maybe yeah. I should just rock the fucking fanny pack. I there worked at a
0: bar. In, I worked at a bar in college, um, and and we were cash only, and we had one bar, and unfortunately, it was one of those bars where it had like um, it was an I, so it's a U with a hook at the back, and the only way out is to always go out the back, and then it basically into the kitchen and then around and back out a side door. So when I say the, uh, and we had table service too. So you'd be out on table service and the inefficiency of closing that going into the kitchen, coming around the eye, closing it, going back up around. I mean, there were nights where I would hop over the bar, and then finally I was like, "Dude, I'm just, just gonna start carrying an apron. It's easier to have a change drawer right on me and
1: make that change." Yeah, like that well, one. you know, and speaking of efficiency, we're almost an hour in. We're oh yeah, right? I know. no, which is great. This has all been great, but uh-huh. yeah, let's 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 kick up to the next question here. So, best tips and worst tips.
2: I really don't have a great answer for best. I mean, I've had great tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people drop me a hundred dollar bill on two drinks. You know, on on multiple occasions, I can't really.
1: That's a, and that's a great that's a great really, tip <laughs> really
2: really isolate them I mean worse tips though in the same time it's like man there's lots that that that, that burn your ass uh, it's almost worse when it's like you know three bucks on one twenty or than it is to get stiff but,
1: and, and that's really the truth sometimes you know, like when when. When they stiff you, you can at least create that thing in your mind, well, maybe they just don't know, you know, maybe they don't, whatever. But when they tip you so, like, such a minuscule amount on such a big check, it's like, you fucking know. You fucking know you're supposed to tip, and you're trying to yeah. give me this fake-ass yeah. gesture, but I'd, I'd rather you just fucking well, stiff me. sometimes
2: they don't. Um, you know, lots of international tourists in New Orleans. And, like, there is sometimes, my friend, my friend, who I was calling Bob earlier... His name's Connor. He he's he's like he's like me. He doesn't give a shit. Connor, um, and, and Connor's going to come up in this in this quite a bit. He was the the the, the as far as I know, you know, the, the person who taught me this cocktail. Um, but he and he's the nicest guy ever. But man, he can be a fucking viper behind the bar, yeah. and I love it. I mean, to the point, And I'm I'm a I don't hold back. I don't bite my tongue. But I mean, times when he he turned me red. But he would, <laughs> he, when international when international tourists would come in, he would he was very very kind. But he would explain to them, yeah, like, bottom. is this your is this your first time to New Orleans? Like, okay, so I just want I want you to know that this is the way that our our service system works. Mm-hmm. So we get paid this, and we work we work for tips, mm-hmm. um, which always did really well. But outside of these, we're not international customers, but I have, I have also seen him talk about autonomy in a bar. We, we worked together at this bar for years. Um, I have seen him chase people down the stairs being like, hey, motherfucker, you know, tipping asshole. Where the fuck do you think you're going? <laughs> And, you know, either someone would be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, and hand him a 20, or they would just, like, turn tail and run the Dude, fuck away. Never is, to be seen again. That is so
1: fucking awesome, because, like, I have never worked at a bar where I could do that. Oh, yeah. You no, know, I would no, have no, no, been no. fired I mean, on the fucking spot. Oh, no no, 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 no. That is awesome. I mean,
2: he he may not have been that graphic with it, but he'd be like, hey, where's my fucking tip? <laughs> Leave it there. Sorry, episode Steve.
0: Tw- no, no. On episode 25, uh, we're going to interview me. We're going to kind of take a look back through my service industry experience. You know, my, I heard this about this. We started this whole pod with Mike. And I'm not going to ruin this story right now, Mike, so don't worry. But there was one time I, I was working at a bar. A guy stiffed me. It was a crazy story. And I chased him out into the parking lot and I screamed at him. I said, Does, and he was there with a date. I said, Does your girlfriend know that you're broke? Does your girlfriend know that oh you're
3: broke?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you how
2: validated I
0: felt when I walked back in.
2: <laughs> so, you
0: you, you just really, you put a smile on my face when you tell that story about Connor Bob.
2: Go Conor Bob. Connor Bob. Oh, Connor All right, so
1: I feel like we already kind of touched on this a little bit, just about, you know, maybe ordering faux pas. Oh, the wor- yeah, the worst but drink wor- orders. number three, worst drink orders. And, and of course, th- we can do a couple, you know, spins. Like, worst drink orders that people have ordered or, like, drinks that you hate to make.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's there's also a few... Oh, excuse me. Ooh, got a little cayenne in that cayenne burp. <laughs> uh,
3: I think, that, I think that's the, the actual first
2: burp on the podcast. How is it the first burp on the podcast? Well, Earlier I was like like trying to... I had a huge one, but you guys were doing your intro. I'm like, fuck. No, no let this it rip is not you. the right I, time, I think that's the but, first
1: burp on the podcast. Steve, I, one of the episodes we were drinking, it was the Fosters with Val, and I hated editing that episode because the whole time Steve's like... Blah, 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 and just burping up the whole time. Nice. But
2: that was the first real rip. This so. it's
0: coming from the guy that snorts or over top of all of our games. That's
1: that's that's adorable. Are you kidding
2: me? <laughs> I mean, this all is adorable. You guys are cute. I like this. I like this banter. All right, all right. Number three, worst drink orders. So, so uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I really got into the game, you know, behind the bar in New Orleans and and in clubs, and and so we had a, we had a short cocktail list at at, at Gossip where I was working. Um, people really didn't order them. They were easy to. We made them, you know, basically kick cocktails, so everyone could just move. And but busy. especially
1: where like you're going to see a live show, those people, they know what they're doing.
2: They're beer and shop people too. I mean, it's 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's rock and roll, you exactly, know. Yeah. I mean, depending on the show, you know, you kind of can always tell to who how it's going to be. You know, I mean, I right now sure. I, I I work at this um this venue that that is a great great venue in New Orleans called Chicky Wawa. But it, it's you know sometimes the clientele is is quite a bit older. I call them I call them uh, you know the, the jazz dad crew. So okay. it's like all the all the guys that go down for jazz fest. <laughs> I or, love it. And like it's all the local guys who who are doing that and, and uh. Big and great
1: glasses, fedoras.
2: Yep, and, they, and they're <laughs> great. They're great. The, the jazz fest Jimmy Buffett T-shirt. They're great customers. They're great patrons of sure. music. I would not be disparaging on that at all. But they are they are they are those the same kind of drinkers that are like you're you're deep as fuck and they're like um you know, can I get a dirty martini? And you're like, okay, that really doesn't take that much time. But, like, I also know that you drink Heineken, man. <laughs> like, would you give me a break? Yeah. Right. Your wife's, like, Tito's and soda all night long. Yeah. I know. I've got them just, like, queued up here. They're, they're not asking for it in. up, though, right? They're nah, on their own. Well, right? sometimes. You See, know. now, if you're a But Vio. that's not the worst. That's <laughs> that's not the worst at all. The worst, for me, my experience was, like, always, so once, outside of beer and shot, it was classic cocktails. Mm-hmm. You know? So, we're making a lot of Sazeracs. We're making a lot oh, of old-fashioned. I have or, to think down there. Um, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah, Sazerac, yeah. Though, Which right? a lot of bartenders down there, too, are like, oh, I don't know. It's, like, it's easy. If, you just, if your bar just has what you need, you know, if you've got some bitters and a decent bourbon, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, you know, it's like that. You know, Negroni's, Boulevardier's, well, martinis uh... Again, you know, you're talking about margaritas. Depending on where you were, if sure you were a fair you're, bit
0: of daiquiris, right? You got it. You got to be doing a fair bit of daiquiris. Well, down there. actually, I'm no. About classic daiquiris.
2: Actually, like no, because coffee. because people, they, as soon as you as soon as you try to, to sell them a classic daiquiri, they they change their drink order mm. most of the time.
1: Really, Simon. Oh, it's hey, okay, Simon. buddy. People, he, I, like I said, I thought there was food here at my brother's house. It's at my house, so poor Simon oh, is not going to get to eat until after this podcast. Well, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to give you extra food and treats. All right, this is not, not our person. Person. come
0: here. This this is actually our third dog on the pod.
1: I come think. here. We've well had, Ruka Ruka's made some guest surprise appearances. We've had yeah.
0: Ruka, we've had Django, and we've now had Simon. So. We'll,
2: we'll put a picture of yeah. Sybin up because he oh. truly is one of the He's best dogs I He's have ever. Known. He really is. Good I people. I love this dog so much. He he greeted me when I pulled up and I was well, you probably heard me I had yeah. dog talking. I'm like, Buddy. he comes he up, climbed we, in my car. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about TJ's uh, you know, on several episodes,
1: but Morgan brought Sybin into TJ's when he was a puppy and the owner said, you can bring him anytime. So he is now <laughs> anytime Morgan goes like out, he's just running around the bar while music's playing. Everybody's petting him. It's, it's fucking great. He's a good boy. So, so,
0: so Trent, I love the take that you just, you just had on this category because I, and this is, again, it's always a surprise when we do this. Every time we ask worse drinks, people go to the nasty drinks that, that people order. I love that you went to more about efficiency like – and then that's probably really telling about bartending in New Orleans where your volume has to be way higher than some of the other people we've had in the pod. Where they might right. just be putting up with a drink order that they think is gross or it's annoying. But this is this is way more about pure are you hamstringing me right now or not. Right,
2: right. Well, it's one of those things too because it, it, it's very situational there and, and I wish that I could show you photos of some of these places that I've worked. Like, one was a dive downtown that, that uh, was, like I said, was a block off off bourbon. I, I had one night a week there, sometimes two. Um, was working other gigs. But people would, you know, come from the Roosevelt, from the Sazerac Bar at the Roosevelt, which is a great cocktail program. It's beautiful. I, you know, I take family in there when they come to town. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. We did it. Let's go back to the dives. But... They would come from there and then be looking for the same cocktails. They'll ask you for a gin fizz in this, you know, roach-ridden, dim yeah. bar. And you're like, yeah. you, do I look like I can keep eggs in here? Yeah. But anyway. Act like you know, man. But, Go act on. <laughs> like you know. But, you know, that stuff really didn't, you know, once I realized that there was always going to be a market, even in dives and and in clubs, to some extent, for, for some classic cocktails. Uh, and again, ones that aren't, I mean, someone asks you to make a Negroni or a Boulevardier, you just... Not once up. you learn, once you learn yeah. the cocktail, it's fucking simple. Yeah, three parts, boom, 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 equal parts. Give it a stir, give them a garnish, send them on their way. If that's what they want, I'm happy to charge them twelve dollars. <laughs> right, you know. Um, but I there was a summer where I was back helping my family out with some stuff, and I started picking up shifts at Leland's. Okay, funny enough, and I had never worked. You know, I I I cut my teeth in New Orleans, and I just really had never worked. Like college bars, and Pittsburgh and, is
1: a college bar town. That's and, what I've been reminded
2: of going out here. And it's like, we want liquid. We want sixteen liquid marijuana shots. Yeah. You know, can I get a green tea shot? Can I get? um... And even like, I didn't know what the hell a Vegas bomb was yeah. until yeah, then. I've been bartending for like five years.
0: Is sour bombs and
2: it's well sour bombs. That. What the hell is that?
0: So Smirnoff has a sour vodka. It looks like antifreeze that you put in your car. It's bright blue. You couldn't pay me enough money to drink it. However, however, I'm happy that it's popped on the scene because we buy bottles of Smirnoff sour for 550 and we sell them for 850 a, a shot. Um and it's easy, right? You know, Thank you, you got to set when you know that that's your bar scene, you got to set yourself up there. To where totally. I'm happy. I'm happy to pour 20 sour bombs. I'm ha- totally. that that takes that takes me 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah.
3: So
1: well, and that's a lot of the times like those shots. But a lot of our guests, the worst drink orders. So many people have talked shit on the uh, Long Island iced tea.
2: Oh, I mean, well, it's just <laughs> you're like it's easy to make. You're like, oh god, yeah, it's not oh like it's not a
1: drink that you want to be associated with. Well, you no. marked
0: yourself with a scarlet letter, or, or I should say, yeah. like you know, you, you've got a big red mm-hmm. L now on on your face. <laughs> you know, I'm watching you for the rest of the night, whether you're going to cause shit or not tip me or, you know. Mm, Right. Um, Both
2: of which get a lot more likely after one, let alone (laughs) when they come back and order the second one.
0: Uh, You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Have you ever noticed that the people that do order Long Islands, they never... Only order one. The guy that no. drinks Long
1: Island's—that's
0: no. what he drinks, and he drinks eight of them until he, <laughs> until he goes comatose on your bar. Yep. It's
1: like we said. We're gonna have some. We're time. gonna have some links at the end of the episode if you need help, folks. All right. So. Episode one hundred.
0: <laughs> episode one hundred. All Long Island episode.
2: No, mm-hmm. fuck that. <laughs> if you know, uh, and not to not to uh, make this into you know a lighthearted subject, but but if you only drink Long Island iced teas you need to call one of these numbers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. In in fact, you know, know, press pause. Do us
1: all a favor and yourself, you know. (laughs) Press pause.
0: Fast forward to the end of the episode. All right. Number four, ultimate mistakes, fuck ups. Yours are your coworkers. And we're not talking about drinking Long Island's. I'm talking about bar mistakes, dropping trays, breaking glasses, giving out the wrong credit card. The, The classic service industry fuck ups. That's what we're looking for here.
2: Well, I knew that this was going to get to this at some point in this episode, and this is the part where I really start to um, out myself, but that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Anyone who knows me knows that all of these things about me. They may not know every story, but they... But they would not be surprised. I'm am a transparent person. Vulnerability
0: um, is encouraged and beloved on this podcast. I've i
2: have, I, have, I have you know done all the regular shit, broken glasses. I've lost credit cards. I've you know I've I've uh, I've, I've had all the classic fuck ups. But uh, the funniest, the funniest by far. Um, so this this bar that I worked at with with uh, with with Bob with Connor Bob <laughs> um, <laughs> Bob Connor. Was this two story bar, and it's it's a uh, it's it's now reopening in a new space just up the street from where it was. Uh, Mimi's in the Marini, what it's called, and it's wonderful. Uh, I I wish them the best of luck, the the most success in their in their new space. Um, and then there's someone else who's actually occupying the old space that's a block away, which is going to be hilarious to watch go down because you know how bar rivalries are. They're always. <laughs> Very entertaining, um, but it was it was Mardi Gras day. I hadn't worked there in in a year, but I would always still go back and work some Mardi Gras shifts for him. You know, generally I'd just take a bar back shift, so I wouldn't have to get to you know get my hands too dirty and, yeah. and 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 deal with all that. But so for three years running, the ritual that we had, me and my neighborhood gang was that we get up so Mardi Gras day starts super early the parades you know we usually get up about 5:30 or 6 and start making breakfast and i say when i fight, when i say get up sometimes we didn't go to sleep at all we just start making breakfast cuz Looney gras runs late mardi gras starts early so the the general tradition was to to march me and it's like yay, a mile and a half 2 miles probably 2 miles through the parades we go up the zulu parade like basically upstream on it, upstream on the Saint Anne's Parade, down to Mimi's in the Marigny. I'd have to be there for noon, and I'd work twelve to twelve. Uh, and then you know we—that's kind of late, even for Mardi Gras Day. A lot of bars close at like ten o'clock because things have going on. Everybody's for, been drinking all fucking day long. So for so long, yeah, it's oh, yeah even like, longer no. than all day. And we gotta count cash. And, and anyways, so my tradition, starting <laughs> the first year. And I think I was actually just working there. This is this is how I got the job there. I, I just filled in some shifts um, for that Mardi Gras. And I'd done, it goes on for weeks. So I'd done like four or five shifts on some of the weekends that were before that. But Mardi Gras day, I'm like, man, I'm just going to eat just a little bit of acid. <laughs> Just like we're gonna, we're all gonna go down through the parades. I'm gonna take like a little half hit. I got a really good, like, I've been eating a lot of this. I've, I've got some stuff that I think is reliable, and I've got my doses, you know, locked down. Eat this little half hit. It's like my fourth shift at this bar. Fucking crush it, killing it, feeling great. <laughs> um. Get through the whole thing, you know, maybe take a, just a little shard or all at some point to just give me that other little bump. Yeah, level me back out. Right, yeah. But you know, just just to get me through this, because I've i you know, keep in mind at this point, I haven't slept hardly in a week because I've been either working till all hours the night you're or partying till all hours the night. Yeah, you're I mean, just basically basically from Wednesday the Wednesday before Fat Tuesday, from then till Tuesday night, it's non stop. It is nonstop. And it's fucking incredible. Please come hang out with me for uh, Marty sometime. We would I, love I, to. I have got Trust the inside me. track. Yes, <laughs> all all right. I will I will to. You also, a whole, you, Marty
1: Mardi Gras bonus episode just will, Steve I and I losing oh, our fucking souls oh, down man. in New Orleans if you are
2: right. <laughs> trying to edit that it will be a fucking nightmare <laughs> but, uh, but godspeed guys this going to sound, gonna sound yeah. like the whole time <laughs>
0: like yeah. join
3: join
2: weird. me again bro I'd love to do another episode in New Orleans <laughs> Yes. On, maybe we'll do it on Ash Wednesday. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> but, but but so so <laughs> I do that. It goes great. The next year I'm bartending, uh, Mardi Gras Day. Same thing. We all march march me down my my neighborhood group. We go. We get up really early. We make breakfast. We roll down through. I eat a little bit of acid. We roll down through all the parades. Go to work at noon. Fucking awesome. Great day. You know, make a ton of money. Walk out of there feeling awesome. Go home. You know, I'm home by, you know, 1.30, smoke a bowl, go to sleep. You know, rinse, repeat. Mardi Gras is over. Successful Mardi Gras. All the money, all the good times. Uh, lots and lots of naked bodies to look at, you know. <laughs>
1: So wait, where are we getting into the fuck-ups here? Yeah, it just and, sounds and like... And, 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 <laughs> All
2: right. and, and then.
1: then. He's just he's looking then. off into space yeah, yeah, and at the, I, the I, cosmic I, 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 titties Mike, in the sky here. Mike, and I, then,
0: I, I hold on. I want you to know that as I'm sitting here... Thousands of miles away in Baltimore, Maryland, watching you on this Google feed. It was like Mike was reeling in a big mouth bass there. Your your jaw was agape. You were staring at the ceiling. <laughs> I, I,
2: thought, I thought he had lost him. I thought it was yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, right? you bet, went, man. I thought he went to space for a minute there. Mike he did. Had a,
0: Mike had a lasso and been pulled back down. Oh,
2: so... Shit. So I'm pouring him a little bit. We're, we're off the Palomas now. We're just, we're just pouring Mezcal. Yeah, we're just left a, we're of our gonna... Paloma and maybe a splash of grapefruit. <laughs> hey, Trent, we're going to take a little a favor, break pour... after question five. We'll make some more drinks. Trent, so. do me
0: a favor. Make sure you pour Mike uh, Doubles, all right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this what? is all about episode 25. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does. Yeah, I got let in. You're not going to get is, me. This is, all, this is all about Steve's <laughs> episode. You're not going to get me. Okay, I love it. Ooh, I love it. But, yeah, so anyways, <laughs> so after this <laughs> is – that was year two. I wasn't working there. I was. I had decided to get out of the service industry for a while. I took this job, doing a build out on a post production studio in a warehouse. that was up the street from my 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 place. I could walk. I mean, it was literally two hundred yards, so I could walk to work every day. Long story short, I still decided to go pick up the Mardi Gras shifts because they always end up having cool. extra yeah. extra bodies sure. for it. Why not? But right? I haven't been. But I haven't been in that bar in a year. And I'm I'm like okay, so that's fine. I'll, go, I'll I'll bar back. You know, I don't need to get anybody's way. I just got to take trash and run ice and stock stuff, you know, just, just, just keep moving, keep moving. And well, let's just say I didn't, I didn't uh, get the chance to test, uh, my acid that year <laughs> <Yikes>. and, uh, <laughs> folks,
1: listeners always test your ass yeah, I mean, before you go into public you got to test you, your ass you got
2: to you got to do a little bit alone We're not necessarily alone but before you go do it at a music festival yeah. or this go out in like, public go,
0: this is like going to the battle without um, loading your gun That's uh,
2: well or not knowing what ammunition there were, you have there were a lot of mistakes made that day in general because it was it was, it was what we what it happened and we later referred to it as the demon acid <laughs> um, oh no uh, <laughs> i gave my roommate i took i took a a half a hit and I was just gone and I gave, I, I gave her a hit and a half and she came and found me at like 11 o'clock at night. Is like you run my life. <laughs> but anyways, so I, they, we marched to work. I'm feeling good. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I get in there and I just am just, just having trouble moving. You know, like, everything's liquid. I'm in quicksand. And it's, like, the first, I don't know where, I can't remember where the trash bags lived. keep and, and, and keep, <laughs> in, mind, <laughs> and, and, and keep in mind, that year, I didn't pick up any other shifts to, like, like break the, you know.
1: Yeah, get back in the groove. Yeah, whatever. yeah. I was
2: just like, it's all right, Mardi Gras Day. On. Throw me. Don't throw me. right it on Mardi Gras Day.
0: Don't just test the acid. Test yeah. the shift too. Yeah. You go back to, to when, go
2: back and work at the bar again. You know, are you ever anybody, be, I haven't been in this bar behind this bar for eight months, and then
0: anybody that knows, uh, anybody in the world that's bartended knows that a week's worth of time, the entire bar will be different. Okay. Oh yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Where Where do we stock the the silverware, the plates, the trash cans, the the extra cups? All different in a week, and everywhere yeah. in America, <laughs> it's just... It's whatever bartender decided to close or open that particular week and where they wanted to put it. That's how it always goes down.
2: So, so my bosses were really dear friends of mine. Um, also, I can get into that later. It's, they're all working for three women. And to anyone who's listening, if you are, and you ever have an opportunity to work only for women, just fucking do it. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my God. It's organized. There's no dick swinging. It's fucking <laughs> Fantastic. Just once a month, it's just really,
1: you know, stressful. One of the I'm sorry, that was such a cheap shot. Oh wow! Oh wow! I couldn't help it. That's so
2: (laughs) regressive. Oh wow! Hey Mike,
0: 1992 call. They want their fucking stupid twat ass joke back. All
1: right, all right. I couldn't (laughs) help it. It took me a
2: second. It took me a second to pick that up. Also, there's
1: gonna be like two guys that laugh. At that, and I love
2: you. Okay? Yeah, I would so clever. <laughs> I, if you told, if you if you'd said that to this woman who I'm about to uh, in question, who is, is part of the story, she would slap the shit out of you. So she would buy you a drink, of, drink that's, immediately after, that's but my she kind would of lady. slap the shit out of you. You know,
1: I've I've paid for that before and didn't get a drink.
2: So, I'll buy that. <laughs> so so she finds me. She finds me at the there's so there's we've got an office door. It locks, obviously, because it's New Orleans and it's nuts. And then our, our walk-in cooler's in there. And I've got my hands full. I don't know what I've got. A, a bus tub, a beer that needs to go back, and some other things. And and my keys are in one of my hands. And I'm trying to figure out how to open the door. And I cannot fucking do it. And I mean, for the life of me. And Allie finds me and is like, are you... um What's going on there, Trent? You doing okay? I was like, Allie, I have to be honest with you. I ate some asses. I'm kind of having a hard time. <laughs> and, and so she opens the door for me, takes a sheet out of my hand, puts it down, packs a bowl, throws me in the cooler, is like, smoke this, drinks this, <laughs> drink this, hands me a shot of tequila. She's like, pound this one, hands me a bottle of water, Like pound that. It's like, okay, can you get it together now, man? She's like, you do this every year and you're fine. Like, also totally aware, she never called me out on yeah. it, but was like, you know, come on, man. I know... I know you're. I know you're a pro, dude.
1: So yeah. You know, so that was that on. was <laughs> it. I mean that that was.
2: There were there were some so other. Were you um, able to redeem
1: you, yourself? Yeah. Were you yeah able did you to recover from that? From
2: or you just in did the, the cooler it? for the rest? Oh, of the Oh, oh, good enough. I mean, that my, my all the people that work there with me are all my friends. I mean, I still catch shit for that all the time. They make fun of me. They're like, Hey, you remember that Mardi Gras when Trent was high as balls and completely fucking worthless? <laughs> <laughs> like. I remember at the end of the night too. It was like I'm st- this shit just lasted for so long. I'm still high and they're tipping me out. I'm like, it's Jewish much money. Don't- you can't give me that much money. I did a terrible job. I feel so bad. They're like, Trent, shut the fuck up. It was fine. We're just breaking your balls, man. Like we all got through it. We made money. Just That's take hilarious. this cash. Go on. That's great. Also, like- go home, yeah, also go home, dude. Also go
0: home. I'm like some guilty money, right?
2: That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah.
0: Health code violations number five. That okay. And, and, and again, I, I do have to feel good. like the, the last story could apply to this category yeah. <laughs> just based on what could happen. But
1: mm-hmm. no, I mean, we're well, talking
0: about we're talking about classic health code violations.
2: OK, so yeah. and as we always say, protect the innocent and the guilty. Well, we that's that's the problem here. I mean, there's definitely it's 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 there's a lot of guilt, but I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, name name drop here at all. This is a bar that I worked at, one that I actually have not used the name of the whole time because it, it was the one that was, uh, because of this story in particular, <laughs> but it was the one that was a block off Bourbon Street, the other direction, um, the CBD side, but this little dive, it's got this awesome soul food kitchen in the back of it. Uh, Which, by the way, I love New Orleans food oh, so yeah. much. Oh, it's they're, great. They're, yeah, the
1: Louisiana awesome. fucking food
2: and it's, is wonderful. It's, it's, just, it's just breakfast and lunch. You know, it's open 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, anyways, you know, get a hotel crowd, whatever. But there's, there's I had I had done some stuff. I had, Some of my best friends have worked there, managed there for years. So I kind of knew, I mean, I knew already. I mean, rats and roaches everywhere. Also... To clear by uh, there dude, it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you thank you. listen I couldn't take um, it anymore look just let the big burps out you I, saw I, me I, like <laughs> dude, I can, I can meow, see you meow. I can see you like about to let one into the mic and, and it, you're holding it back and it's hurting me just let oh, it yeah, up, baby. Yeah. let it flow let it flow
2: so, <laughs> so I don't know I mean it, it, there's a Hannibal Burris bit that is so spot on about about New Orleans and he talks about Coop's place in particular and he's talking about this talking about you know He's sitting there, you know, eating his gumbo, and this massive rat is staring him down. <laughs> he's like, he said, like, "Well, but, but to be fair, you know, my waitress to begin with was like, you know, just so you know, these are three uh, hundred year old buildings. They're right by the river. I mean, rats are just part of the ecosystem mm-hmm. here. So, so you know, there's there is that, and there really are. I mean, and I this isn't even just the name names. You can go into five star restaurants." In the quarter, they got fucking rats. They got big ass rats. <laughs> They'll run across the banquet room. People see them all the time. I mean, it's just it's just a reality yeah. of downtown. And Steve,
1: Steve and I, well, Steve and I, we're fine with that kind of stuff. Like I you live can... in Baltimore, motherfucker.
2: Yeah. It is a yeah.
0: town dude. out the water, and yeah. I'll tell you, you know, there, dude. Have been, there have been there have been plenty of bars that I've wo- uh, worked in where you go downtown ta- uh, downstairs, and all the downstairs are like under the street level, basically under the water level. And, you know, it's four feet, and you're squeezing through there to get a keg, and there's rats on top of the kegs, and they're running across, you know, uh, uh, all around the joint. So, trust me, I get it. If you're near water and it's a historic district, forget about it. There's nothing you can do. Yeah.
2: Man, I mean, they've been there. I mean, these colonies have super highways to the French Quarter. I mean – It's efficient, but long story short, (laughs) there was, in the back, in the back of the kitchen, was this little storeroom, and it was basically, it was a weird, unutilized space, you know, which they did with a lot of that, because they used to have courtyards, so I think it used to be part of a courtyard, and they did a build-out, but they left this one open-air space. And it's where we kept all the bar towels and stuff. We called it the murder room. Um, <laughs> terribly damp, but and, and so like that and this other storeroom, you always just you beat on the door really hard before you open it, so you scare just the rats, the rats away. Um, <laughs> you still see a few, but well, they were everywhere. I mean, I was always chasing around behind the bar. I mean, when I was in there as a patron, I had several run across my feet. What? Oh man! What? What the fuck ever? I I, I still ate the food. Though, <laughs> I'm honest with you. I loved it, but there. So, my boss and my bar manager, the owner and the bar manager, both lived above the bar. Um, The owner on the second floor, the bar manager on the third floor. And she was telling me a story a couple of days before about how she'd heard, she's like up late, you know, she worked a late shift and they're up partying, you know, doing, you know, doing her thing, hanging out in the Scarface Lounge and, and, uh, and she just hears gunshots and she's like, what the? Fuck! She's like, and they sounded like they were coming from the building. So immediately she calls the owner's wife. I mean, who was also an owner, um, and and she's like, it's you know, it's around three four in the morning, and and the owner's wife was like, oh baby, it's just it's just uh, it's just this new toy. I got him a little rat gun, <laughs> and he went down to he would go down to open the kitchen at like three a.m. every day. So I, I I didn't really digest this story that much. I'm just like, what the fuck? He's down there shooting rats while he's open the kitchen. Anyways, so it's it's a week later, and it's about three o'clock. So the kitchen closes at two. I'm working the day shift. There's I've got maybe three people in there. I don't know, you know, but and they're all sucked into their phones. They're in there like taking a break from work. But just keep in mind too the way that this that this. Place is set up, it's this long narrow bar. The kitchen is in the back, kind of separated by a door, but there's a big piece of plexiglass in this wall so that you can see the menu to the kitchen.
1: And you can see kinda of into the kitchen. From, yeah,
2: from the from the bar. Okay. And I just hear pop pop. I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around and I see the owner, who's also the chef, with his rat gun, you know? <laughs> what the fuck is a rat gun? Yeah,
1: it's, it's, yeah can it's, you thank you, Michael? Okay, you, okay. Because you're exactly so, what I was saying. So what, this, what, so we so so about what
2: about they were calling a rat gun is a, is a little short-barreled twenty two. Okay, so, that, so it's an
1: actual fucking it's gun. gun. It's a gun. It's a gun. It's a gun. It's this, a, is, it, it, this, this is, is for vermin this, this is a
2: short-barreled twenty two <laughs> with rat shot, you know, because yeah. they make those twenty two sure, rat shot It's basically
1: like Buckshot, but for rats.
2: Yeah, it's teeny tiny. It's so fun. I love to pepper cans with that stuff, like put them in like a... Like a twenty two revolver, and then you get a can full of rocks and just like throw it up like you're skeet shooting, but you do it from four feet. (laughs) See, this is the shit we do in Kansas. Blah, it's a blah. So (laughs) on that note,
1: little deep cut there. (laughs) That that
2: this story, I mean at at the end of this story I remember thinking, like, this is something this is the most redneck thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'm in downtown New Orleans. People will not fucking believe this. But so so I hear the the pop pop I turn around and I just see him like muzzle it down. So I walk in the back. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I have I have customers here. I mean, I mean not many. They didn't recognize anything, but, but I have customers. He's like, this motherfucker is taunting me. It just keeps poking <laughs> its head. He's poking its head down here by the printer wires. I, I over and over. I'm not going upstairs until I get this little motherfucker. I'm like, all right, man. Whatever, whatever you say. <laughs> I mean, there going on.
0: You <sighs>
2: So did anyway, he get
0: him? did he get him? Did so anyways, him?
2: about about five minutes go by, and I keep peering over my shoulder like, what the fuck is gonna happen? And I just hear, pow, pow! <laughs> and again, no one looks up. Maybe one guy just kind of flinches, like, and then I like just like throw a glass in the same, <laughs> yeah, you know, some noise. Yeah, <laughs> and and then I look back. I look back uh, through the plexiglass. He still got the gun in his hand. I just like like give him a thumbs up, like kind of a twisted face, you know, like brows down. Like uh, I don't know, Did you get it, man? Just big smile, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. Went upstairs, gone, done for the well, day. Well, that's the
1: thing too, though. Like every time you're missing, you're shooting up your restaurant. Yeah,
2: dude. He's you know <laughs> it's that old like shitty drop ceiling stuff. So I went back and looked after after he we went upstairs, and yeah, he peppered the hell yeah, out of me. Who cares? It was shit, but. Yeah. Oh, you'd see these fucking rats. You'd walk back there to get something out of the murder room. They would be in the fryer baskets. They would be in the fryer baskets. I can't make this shit up. I'm not kidding you. In there getting morsels, that, sh- that shit was crazy. I mean, still... You know still, what? You know still, what? If, you
0: put, if you put that beignet sugar on them, I'm sure you wouldn't... I mean, I'm sure they just taste just as good. Yeah, it just up. add
2: so them to the just, menu, man. Still, still you know? some, some of the best eggplant parm I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll probably go get... Well, I would go get it. I would have gone and got it already after I moved back, but but I got phone calls from this man. Like, as soon as I got to town... This is how fast that things travel in this town, too. Do not be mistaken. New Orleans is a small fucking town. It operates just like one. I got a phone call from a number I don't recognize. I got a new phone. And it's that old owner. And he's like, hey, man, I just heard you move to town. He's like, I need some help. I'm like, dude, uh, I'm working a day job. I'm doing construction. I'm not really... He's like, "He's like, any anything, any days, any time. You pick them. It's serious. I was like, how did you... How did you hear I was back in town? I've only been back in town for like four days. He's like, oh, the guy at the bike shop. Oh, <laughs> the guy at the bike shop. What bike shop? He's like, Massey's. You know, one of those guys. And I know like, I don't know, four people that work at Massey's. But I ask every single one of them. I'm like, did you guys see, you know, Bob the other day? <laughs> the other Bob. The other they're Bob. like, no, I did not. Bob, I'm Bob, like, Bob, I don't know. No, I don't I know how. I don't know how you sniffed me out. But I mean, because also after the pandemic, we kind of had... A lineage of, of one of our one or several of our friends have been in this bar for six years, and then after that, you know, it's, it's like we're, we're done with this.
0: You know, man, no I gotta,
2: more downtown stuff. But
0: I gotta say though, if I'm him, right, okay, I'm I'm the type of person that will fire off a loaded weapon. In the kitchen of a restaurant that patrons are currently eating and drinking in, if I'm that... Well, they man, weren't
2: eating, but they were drinking. Drinking, okay. Frequenting,
0: regardless, all right? If I'm that human being and I have a former employee that witnessed that and...
1: Yeah, and didn't turn you in. A you didn't go to the cops, <laughs> B
0: didn't go to the health department and see kept it to his goddamn self. Guess what? You're bet you sweet ass I want to hire. I that mean, other, other
2: than guy. telling all of my friends, you know, I didn't Lire tell them, but my but my friends would still go in there and eat and drink yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're right. right though. You know that's a good point. He did always he did always love me. Him him and uh me and my best friend Andre, both I brought him in at the same time to this bar because the bar manager was a great friend of mine and she was like, "I need, you know, I need four shifts covered." I was like, "I cannot do that." This is how I got back in from getting right. out when I left Mimi's. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I can do, but, but I got a guy. I was like, two, I got the got two guy, of yeah. us can be one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's how it went. But there was one Mardi Gras, Looney was Looney Gras, and uh, we decided that we were going to, you know, theme it. That's the Monday before Mardi Gras, we're like, oh, dude. Let's be Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be, lo- it's gonna be Loondie Raw. Welcome to Loondie Night Raw. You were, you, you, were, were, were you Macho Bateman Man? And Peter I was Bateman. Macho Okay, hair. I called it Cream of the Crap. <laughs> I was Macho Man and he was Randy Savage. No, 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 no. I was, I was Hogan. I was Hogan. He okay. has darker hair. Okay. And so I went so, full handlebar, but we were on the bar. We learned bits from their rants, yeah. and like we're on the bar hollering the bits at each <laughs> other. This guy walks down at some point. He's like, "I fucking love you guys. That's great. People are eating this shit up."
1: <laughs> I, that's that's incredible. Ugh. You're sparking so many things in my brain right now. The only night gonna, raw. I, 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 what? Go ahead, Mike. I was just—I so badly want to talk about the Mad Ratter at. I was Maryland just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like the Mad Ratter. So, uh, Mike, so many, so many people are going to hate us if we tell this story. I'm
0: telling it. Fine, I'm doing <laughs> it. No care. I was, I was <laughs> literally just about to jump in and tell it. I'm doing it. I don't care. All right. So when we, so I met God, Mike yeah. working at a diamond. Okay, and within like. I like six months of meeting him. I convinced this idiot to move in with me,
1: right? Yeah, who's and, really the idiot, Steve? I mean, come on.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I. Well, then again, I did move in the guy in with the guy that would sit in the kitchen floor with a bottle of tequila. All right, tell and, the and,
1: fucking and, story, and, okay? And cut, come on.
0: And the, and cut the eyes out of <laughs> porno mags and then slip those porno mags into my law school book. <laughs> With, with.
1: that's a great gag it, it, it was great I'd write law <laughs> clips on him like there was this one chick uh, with, like, two giant cocks in her face, you cut her eyes out, and then you write on it, talk about a hung jury. <laughs> so I'd be, I'd, be in, I'd, be, I'd be sitting in my first year of law school, and I know my book, and then all of a
0: sudden, uh, not just a piece of pornography would fly out of the book, but a piece of pornography with the eyes cut out of the girl. <laughs> Do you understand how much weirder that is? Do you have any idea? So maybe, maybe you're right, Mike. Maybe I made the mistake. But, but... One of the mistakes that I did not make, okay, was when we moved in, about a week after that, we were all out, like, shopping for groceries or something, and we decide to buy a brand-new Red Rider BB gun. And when we get home, Tom, our other roommate, puts a uh, a laser scope on it and uh, wrote on the side of it the Mad Ratter. With,
1: like, we, pink nail polish. And we were just <laughs> the Mad Ratter. <laughs> and at the time,
0: we were drinking a lot of Pikesville Rye whiskey, and we would well and.
1: And let me set this up too, because this this place I love. This has such a good mem- this place, not necessarily this story, has such a good place in my memory because it was right over by it was in Charles Village, uh, Baltimore, which is it's a great little district. It's right by Johns Hopkins, so okay. like a lot of college crowd. It's like a nice area. Um, I got carjacked on the same street. That's a different story, but it is a nice area. Um, we had this Steve you gonna have that. <laughs>
2: Okay. Every once in a while, you to at it, <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: Steve uh, found this wonderful place. It was a, a three-story townhouse with a basement and everything. Brought, brought a pool table in. We had this beautiful patio. Not not every place on the block had this. We had mm-hmm. this beautiful patio with. I can't remember what it's called. It's got a special, like fucking Italian name, but it's uh, like a it's
0: like a, a it's like
1: a it's like a wood. What is it?
0: Like a pergola, like, a, a, like pergola,
1: a pergola. Yes, exactly. So it's like the you know the wood the wood beams across the top, and they had vines growing over it. But okay, it was like cool. a brick patio with a fence, like uh, like a five or six foot fence all the way around it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's very we had so many. Awesome, like little parties out there where we could be out and like the crackheads couldn't get in, but they could at least see what was happening. And seriously, that didn't happen a lot. They'd be like, Hey, man, pay me two dollars, I'll help you clean up. It's like, right, dude, get back, please. Get back
0: it's to the like, mad
1: Rat. But so, so, yeah, so hey, we, hey, you got a cigarette? So, what Hoping we over do the fence. is we'd sit there on the back porch drinking whiskey. And we'd have that little Red Rider, the, the bad ratter, and we'd wait till rats ran into the yard. And it was a single pump; like you could some same air rifles, you can pump right, really hard. Right. This was just this a single. Is a, pump. It, so it was an
2: air rifle, okay.
1: <clears throat> so it, it it wouldn't kill them, but you just hit them in the ass, and they jump like go, a sh- foot in the air, <laughs> and then they just run away. And we justified it because look, I am an animal fucking lover, but we justified oh, like we don't God. want fucking rats in our yard, so we're, it trying, to, to, it we're trying to try to keep point. them out it got to the point where the real game got
0: to be who could hit a rat from like a mile out right so there was (laughs) or how many times could you
1: hit the same rat
0: right there was immediate yard but then there was an alley that ran this whole strip behind the house i once saw a roommate of ours mike Maranowski, pick off a rat from what had to be a a hundred yards across across the other side of the alley sitting on the top of the rim of a trash
2: can (laughs) no way and, no swear to god
0: sitting the top of the of the trash can, he hits this rat this thing goes legs up full stunner falls off the trash can lid hits the ground we thought he killed it all of a sudden it, it jumps up and it runs away it was playing possum on us but it was that experience mike that led me to write the only decent song i think that i've ever written in my uh, my entire life we were sitting out back, shooting up the rad pack, slugging Pikesville rye. The boys are on the hunt tonight. That's good. That's really good. It was a to, it was I'll a bonding, to, a bonding I'll to, experience. I'll have to play the whole song for you sometime.
2: But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please do. All right. Well, see, you the the see me drink. in that before
1: we you know you know ruin our, our reputation with PETA anymore. I've got to take a fucking break. We're gonna go fucking have a smoke, and I think we're gonna mix up a couple more drinks. Sounds good. Sound all right?
0: Break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back what a break a few things that i need to touch on one i did shoot a few games of pool while we were gone it's not just called the pool room studios for no fucking reason people. i could and hear that what, <laughs> i was like he's
2: cracking
1: them off <laughs> guess
0: what i won i know <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah and uh we uh we he, he Trent's being responsible he, he only made me another drink but he kicked up the cayenne and let me tell you If any of you out there are spice lovers, kick up that cayenne because it really it just adds another level level to the drink. And for all of you dog lovers out there, I felt so bad that I hadn't fed Sybin tonight that I got into my brother's fridge and I found a pound of grass-fed beef. And I fed him some raw beef. So he is nice and happy with a full tummy right now.
0: Mike, I have a question. We're, do I detect you slurring your words just No, you don't. You Super califragilisticexpialidocious
1: chi- <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> okay, right? okay. Hey, You're not getting <laughs> off that easy, Steve. Before, before we
0: get back in, I do want to address one thing. Because Mike has called me out multiple times for being a cinephile. And it's weighing on my heart. I'm sitting there cracking balls on the pool table. And I realized that earlier, I made a reference when you were talking about you and your buddy Andre... Being like the dynamic duo of bartenders, where hey, we can't, I can't work four days, but together we can be one human bartender for you, right?
3: Um, <laughs> and I made a reference yep, to yep.
0: American Psycho. I said, oh, <laughs> I said, I said, oh, like uh, Patrick Bateman and Peter Vankman, because my brain did a. a oh, wow. I didn't even sketch that. But Peter Vankman is. It's Bill Murray's character from Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. I meant to say Patrick Bateman and Paul Allen, i.e. Jared Leto. So I, I I knew that if I didn't if I didn't come right back on here and correct my terrible horrible mistake, I was gonna get lit on fire in like three episodes by my co-host. So
1: it's a, dude, I made the mistakes too in the past. I just want to you know I want to keep everything upsetting for for. I'm for better our than this. Here.
0: I'm better than this. I know <laughs> films. I do. I swear.
2: Listen, Steve, anyway. I have a question for you. How do you feel about Huey Lewis in the News?
0: Oh, love them. Their first album, Play? <laughs> I, can you, I can never remember. It might be sports. Anyway, um, look, without further ado, I keep saying that. I'm saying without further ado too much. Look, question number six, Ratchet and Crazy Customers. We've also expanded this category to memorable customers. We don't mm-hmm. want to just limit it to the people that are assholes um, or, or just weirdos. So, give us some of the people that are really m- memorable for you, for whatever reason.
2: So, this one gets a little difficult, and I was I was talking to to Mike outside about this because it, it's like trying to shake this stuff loose. It, it gets kind of hard because there's there's one it, it it's eight years in the industry in New Orleans, so there's lots of reasons that it's that it's it's blurry. But there's also so much that you just try to forget. I mm. think. You know, um, I mean, I, I've, I mean, there's so many screaming people running in the door in their underpants and, and, and I mean, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of stuff. I mean, there was a time I was, I was, let's see, this one's, this one's pretty entertaining. Uh, and also just was very pleasant, you know, <laughs> Cosmic titties. Uh, it was more. <laughs> it's more titties. It you've is more titties. Look,
0: Trent, you've got that uh, look on your face again. You yeah, got that, you got that oh, spaceman man. look again. Just <laughs> a
2: really, just, just a fucking work of art. I mean, really, it really was. And and it was this. This girl came up to me. was I was working this outside bar at that venue, Gasa Gasa. And she ordered a drink, and she couldn't find it. She couldn't find her cat. And she'd been up all night, you know, and and and, and, and kind of flurry, whatever. She was there with her boyfriend or or her date or whatever, and and she uh, she didn't have any cash. She didn't have a card. She didn't have anything else. And she's just like I was like uh, okay, well you know it's it's still that, that that's nine bucks, and she just pulled her dress down, and I was like that pulled I,
1: her dress down, not pulled her shirt up. No, no. Pull, oh, okay, no, it was like a, it was, like, yeah, a, that's it was how like a dress. It was worked. like a shoulder <laughs> yeah. dress. Not she wasn't wearing idea. she wasn't
2: wearing a bra. <laughs> she just she just <laughs> dropped the shoulders. And, and 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 dumped him out, and I was like, you know, uh, thank you for that. That's that's really wonderful. I appreciate it. It's still going to be still nine dollars. It's Still going to be <laughs> nine dollars. And, and her boyfriend walks up behind her, pulls her dress up, hands me a twenty, he goes, "You can keep that. Thanks nice. for being cool, man. All right, we're gonna get a cab." <laughs> <laughs> so also on him for being a trooper, you know. That's a, that, that's, uh, man, I, like
0: that's a man that really loves her.
2: Do you, yeah, do and he's comfortable with it? himself, and also apparently no. I mean, well, clearly knows what he's working with. He's like, doesn't right. matter. You've shown everybody they're coming on me.
0: Well, not to mention, not to mention, you know, if you got him flown, them. that's what I've yeah, always been told. Yeah. So. it was,
2: it was lovely. I mean, and that's that's just that's just the, the the tip of the tip of the iceberg. I just there. love the phrase. She dumped him out. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's something.
0: God God gifted me with a really fat booty. And and, and look, I got an ass tat on one of my cheeks. Oh, hell so yeah. I take every chance I can to take this thing out.
2: In you got a hammer so I, ass. I, I
0: sympathize <laughs> oh,
2: with I sympathize. Oh, man. Man, I, I get my ass out more than – it's funny. Well, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's seen my ass. Anyone who knows me has seen my ass more than once. But the, I, do uh, a,
0: the, I do have a follow-up sorry, go question ahead. about this young lady, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think this is very key to the situation. I need you to describe for the listeners who weren't there and cannot picture, you know, this. uh oh, this, you're gonna this make me do topic it. Okay. No, no, no. I think you're thinking that I'm gonna ask you to describe the boobs. I'm not. What I want to know is what was her facial expression because that says so much in the situation. If she, if she, what do you, what do you keep saying? Dump them out. If she yeah, dumped, dump, them out. If, dump them out. If she dumps them out of the bar <laughs> and then and then you and then you look up from those cantaloupes <laughs> right into like. Dead, unflinching, a glare right from her, like trying to go into your soul. That's one thing. If you look up and she's giggling, that's another thing. Yeah. If you look up and she's completely just gone, like I've had too much of Bourbon Street, that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. Like there's a whole it different was, level of leaking confidence or extreme confidence that you could employ. It was, it
2: was none of those things. Wow. It was and, – and, and, and also this was this was uptown. So this, we were a long way from the downtown business. You know, this was a, a, a during a show as well and I was just, just working the outside bar like the smoker's bar but uh the look on her face was one you know uh glazed over but it was mostly ju- it was just like a smirk i wish you know it was like you know, you know a little a little lip a little, a little a little a little lip move you know what kind you of kind of a kind of a kind of a little a little pose <laughs> hand on the cheek oh, okay. and like... Oh, yeah. She was, she, she was totally. knew what she was doing. She knew yeah. She, she thought was she was going to work me. I'm like, that was, I, I mean, I think I said that verbatim. I was like, thank you for that. That was really wonderful. That's going to be $9. Still. <laughs> so her face
0: said, her face said, have I rendered payment? That's
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> her God face said, correct. fuck you, dude. You're giving me that drink. You know, and I, was like, I am afraid. New I am not. And also, this is most definitely your last drink. Uh, <laughs> I didn't serve you. Whatever one tipped you over, you must have got inside. So. <laughs> Which is another thing that's totally insane about New Orleans, and in, 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 in another in another scenario, that's like, I embarked in in Texas for a while, and it's nuts. People get thrown in jail for shit. I mean, like there was that bartender in Dallas that served this guy a drink, and then afterward he went and shot like three people. Oh shit! And she got thrown in jail.
1: Whoa! I mean,
2: she ended up getting let out. They, you know, but like it's some it's crazy great. shit. Wow. Some New stuff- Orleans, the state of Louisiana, they're like. And, and honestly, to the point that it's, it's, it's almost to a fault, but something that I also agree with. I mean, there should be some judgment of the bartender. But, you know, the state of Louisiana has some, let's say, loose guidelines, I think, for, for paper. But, you know, the way that the law actually treats it is like, you're a fucking adult. You make your own decisions. Yeah,
1: right. Well, and that's difficult, too. I mean, because even if you serve them a drink, they could have, uh, like, single shots in their pocket and they those. could be on Xanax. Yeah, like right. you, have so no we, I, you have no idea.
0: We used to always. I, I worked with an unbelievable bartender back in the day. This guy was a legacy in bar in Baltimore. Worked at a lot of a big time bars that are famous around here, like, like the Treehouse. And anybody that's a listener in Baltimore that's over the age of forty knows what I mean when I say the Treehouse. This guy's name is Mike Centenni. F- to the like, I'm serious. When I started working with him, he was probably seventy five, and he still had this flowing hair, giant goatee. Quick with a quick with a joke. I mean, he literally is the bartender from Piano Man. He's that guy, right? He was usually like cursing under his breath, and then every now and then uh, giving you uh, li- you know life lessons. Uh, like Coglin's Law from uh, Cocktails, except for they were very depressing life lessons, like never go down an Asian porn hole, Steve. You know things like that.
2: Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> no, but he
0: um, uh, when when you're talk when you're talking about um...
2: perfect service industry talk. <laughs> How was yeah. your first day in the kitchen, Alex? Well, uh, you know it was a kitchen. We talked about pills and pussy. And, uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> How about the food? Did you learn anything about the food? No, but. No, Mike used to they always told me tell to me, come
2: back tomorrow, though. <laughs> Mike used
0: to tell me all the time, um, you know, we'd have these – I worked at a pretty divey spot, and we'd have these customers come in, and they'd get a little too rowdy. And then, uh, you know, sooner or later, or a fight would start, or the police would come, or, you know, they'd go out and get a DUI, and the police would come back in. And, uh, you know, it was the same thing every time. I would always hear it come out of Mike's, Mike's – the side of Mike's mouth. He would go, yeah, they got a little help, if you know what I mean. And that's how we would always say that they went in the bathroom and they got a little help. You know, yeah. God yeah. knows, you know, those people walked in twisted, got more twisted and we served him a Bud Light. You know, it's not us, um, uh, you know, sending them on their merry way, all, all screwed up. They were already like this. Now, I will say it is a bartender's job to watch out for your people because totally. you're, you're totally. only as good as your regulars that can keep coming back. So, I, look, I can't tell you how many people I've driven home bought rides for, paid their tab and got them out of there. And, and you know what? Every time they've come back and taken care of me, that it goes so long and so far in this business.
2: Just taking, absolutely.
0: Literally babysitting your people a little bit. But um,
2: absolutely. Which sometimes becomes way too much. I mean, it, it shouldn't. It, it, it's a it's a wonderful thing to do. It shouldn't be the norm. And that's yeah. the unfortunate part is that is that there's a lot of I mean, again, with to the customers, I mean, there's a lot of people that I that I've really like you know even even moving further to people who are friends that i've 86 from some bars that i've worked at because they just could not keep their shit together
0: they just couldn't handle it
2: yeah and it's like i can't do you know this is the third time i paid your tab and called you a cab you know or sent someone with you in that cab to make sure that bought a cab two ways so you know bought a car two ways so that they could make sure you got in your house yeah and And then they they get back you know i mean yeah at some point you got to
0: put your foot down but Look, before we move on to the next category, I got to tell a quick story because I've been waiting for this. Friday night, three days ago, I'm behind the pipes. We're having a crazy, crazy busy night. And there is this group of girls. One of them is a regular. The other four that are with her are brand new. They've never been to this bar before. And the regular is basically giving them a long leash. She's like, I drink here all the time. You can do whatever you want. Get crazy. Right. Oh,
2: that's always wonderful. Right. The light the license to the noobs. Correct, right. And they so, love me here. We can do whatever we want.
0: Right, right. So so the other four are just
2: going or, after sorry, not are. to not to gender it also be like, they fucking love me here, bro. Yeah, we can do exactly. whatever oh, the right. they want. Let's
1: I, it, up. It, al-
0: it this is not female specific, it goes both ways. But this story happens to be a group. <laughs> Thank you. Of, this, this motherfucker's,
1: group. motherfuckers <laughs> woke over here. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this
0: story
2: happens to be a group Until of Until I get through this specific. mezcal,
0: And they're and they really get they're really getting after and toward the the end of the night, it's maybe an hour before we close. And this girl, one of the the new girls from this group, comes inside and she's screaming, crying, tears running down her tree, cheeks. Just comes out of uh, one of the decks outside, and she goes, "I I can't find my phone anywhere. My dad's gonna kill me. I I can't find it." Oh, I
1: love the phone cry. I've, I've never seen that one. I've never lost <laughs> the phone
0: before. I go, honey, listen, nine times out of ten, it's in the girls' bathroom. If it's not in the girls' bathroom, you dropped it in the car seat when you went to smoke weed in the parking lot. If it's not there, check your table. If it's not there, sober up, come back tomorrow. Best chance one of the bouncers uh, had it turned into them will have it tomorrow. She does not take that for an answer. She proceeds, and I've never seen this one before. Usually, you know, they cause a scene, they get their friends to try to help find the phone. This girl decides that what she's going to do is recruit people around the bar by going up to them, either earning their sympathies or buying them drinks and saying, can you help me find my phone? So now instead of one cu- customer crying and her four friends berating me and the rest of my bar staff to try to find her phone. We have 50 people that are running up to me every 10 seconds. Have you found a blue iPhone? Have you found a blue iPhone? Have you found a blue iPhone? And I feel, I feel like it's groundhog day. If you've (laughs) ever seen that movie, I feel like Bill about to punch that guy in the face on the the insurance salesman on the sidewalk. And and so this all culminates, you know, in, in, in Baltimore, we have a very strict closed policy at 2 PM at 2 AM. Everybody has to be out of the bar. And right. the, the bar I work at is very high volume. We have a police officer who pulls into our parking lot at 1.30, and he really tries to track people out. We get some leeway. You know, people got to piss. They got to close their tabs. But it's really getting people out at 2. 2 o'clock comes rolling around. We got everybody out the bar except for this girl and her friends. She sits down on the floor Indian style. Oh, she just lost- – ha-
2: Super pout
0: crosses her arms like a four year old and says, I'm not leaving until we find my phone. OK, oh my God. and we look at her friend who's the regular who we take care of every week. And we're like, Jessica, what the what the fuck? I mean, I'm you gotta,
2: her name out. Gotta,
0: <laughs> no, no, her name's not Jessica. I made that up. Um, but, but anyway, I said, I said,
2: Ashley, what? you gotta get her the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's Emily. Basically. Come on, this is ridiculous. That's basically what I say to her. And you know, you know what she
0: says to me? She know, she says to me. The regular goes, "We're not leaving without the phone." And I, go
2: oh my Whoa.
0: god, oh shit. Am I about to have this to the,
2: motherfucker right here. Am I
0: about to have to get the bouncers involved with this nice group of ladies that have, you know, tipped us well, they've been nice to us all night and I know he
2: didn't have anything to do with the loss and or theft right. of your phone. Right. Why is this? Why are you doing this to me? Right. So again, we
0: quickly we turn over the bathroom. We, you know, we 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 look back and there's actually nothing to be found. Finally, as we are on the the cop has walked up into the bar. We are on the precipice of having a bunch of very large bouncers physically remove these young ladies from the bar. Um, yeah. There's a running inside joke at my bar. Anytime you can't find something, someone on the staff will yell, did you check your butt? That yeah. that phrase is coming sooner or later. So all of a sudden out of nowhere, and I still don't know to this day who said it. So I just hear somebody yell, Did you check your butt? And the girl, drunk Indian style on oh. the floor, reaches back and pulls a blue iPhone out of her back
3: pocket. God damn it. <laughs> and it, was at that, it was at that moment
0: where I, I looked at her right in the eyes I said, get out. Get out. Get out right now. <laughs>
2: Okay. See, this is the part where I usually start. Like, you know, there's been 86s, and then, and, uh, I used to do a lot of what I called 85s and 84s, <laughs> where, where I would put people on probationary status. Okay. Like, you're, oh, you're, you're, getting,
0: you're, you're working your way up to the 86s. Two weeks. Okay. Two
2: weeks. You're out. In the 85s are a week. I, I won't, I don't want to see your face again. I'm telling everyone. Everyone's going to be on the same page. I'm starting the group text right now. It's happening right now, Mike. Not you, but you know, <laughs> but like everyone knows, everyone, random
1: douchebag everyone game, fucking right? knows you cannot
2: be here until next Tuesday. You can't come back next Monday, that's a full week, and then Tuesday you're welcome back. And then you right. know, the other 84s were like, all right, it's a two weeks suspension. <laughs> I swear to God, if you try to step foot in here, or if you think it's going to be when it's I not my this. shift, yeah, swear to God, if you try to step foot in here, it's a full 86. You can fuck yourself. <laughs> I like that. I like Wait, that. I- Hold I would on. have
0: 85 her if I would have had the chance. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it just that's it. It's a warning shot. Just 85. I don't want to see you next Friday. Across Friday after bat, that, yeah. I can't wait to see you again. So yeah. I, I, I'm i
1: sorry. I just can't help. But I'm not going to tell the whole story. But this is just too perfect of an opportunity to tell this right now. So you told that story. I can actually sympathize with this poor, drunk, young lady. Oh, because my God dirty tom and i went out in bel-air this was early in our friendship like we i don't i don't know if you and i were hanging hanging out or anything we went out in bel-air got fucking shit-faced in bel-air and um tom disappears dirty tom disappears i can't fucking find him i am calling him and his phone continues to go to voicemail and i'm like worried about the guy because he was really drunk so it's it's, clo- it's 2 a.m. Everybody's out of the outside of the bar, you know, waiting for cabs or whatever. And I'm calling his phone, and I hear his phone coming from this group of people. So I go up to the people. I'm like, hey, I hear my buddy's phone ringing. You? you guys have his fucking phone. Like, we don't have his fucking phone, man. Leave us alone. It's like, I fucking hear it right now. I get into this, like, fucking screaming match with these people, arguing about them stealing Dirty Tom's phone because I can hear it on them. And eventually one of the guys is like, check your fucking pocket, dude. I reach into my pocket and I pull out Dirty Tom's phone. You <laughs> had his phone. <laughs> I had his phone the whole fucking asshole. time. And that's what I said. You I was like, had I'm like and the, the too, best didn't part, you? The best part Bastard. is it was all on voicemail. So we have these voicemails the next day of me drunkenly <laughs> yelling at these at that? people. That's yes. Amazing. And then I'm like, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. I ended up I can't remember how I got back to Dirty Tom's place, but he ended up like wandering into some fucking building and falling asleep in the lobby, and like his sister had to go pick him up the next morning because he didn't have a phone. I'm sorry, I just I had that just that sparked that memory in me. So. I have to tell you, I, I can story. sympathize with this this poor drunk girl. Fair,
0: fair enough, and we all can. We've all been an asshole a time or two, but I'll tell you, I've known you a long time. I've never heard that story, and uh the thing that i'm i'm really wondering here is if there would be any way to get a hold of that audio
1: oh it's gone I don't it's, know lo- have, it's I, lost to the ether man i don't know if Check, we have to, call nsa call the nsa i don't know they've if got to, it they've got it say, saved have, in some fucking profile on me
0: i don't know if we have to subpoena verizon or at&t <laughs> but if we could get that audio for bonus content my christ that'd that'd that would be good all yeah. right we got to keep it moving
2: so Stop. can I can I share a couple? I'll try to be brief on these. A couple more memorable uh, memorable customers, yeah, uh, stories. Because uh, it just is while we were talking about this, a couple just 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 kind of kicked up. Um, I'm going to sort of work my way. I'm going to work my way down for it. But uh, the the first is the most impressive acrobatics I've ever seen from someone so drunk in my life. It was a friend of mine. Who was at the bar that Connor Bob and I worked at together? Um, I
1: feel like you're going to start calling. Oh, Connor Connor Bob! Bob. (laughs) It's funny;
2: his name is actually Connor Gregory, so I always or Gregory Connor. So I usually I like to mix it up. Whatever. Come on, do you know what I think of when I
0: hear the name Connor Bob? I think that it's uh, uh, or or Bob Connor. It's John Connor's little brother, who's like you know he's like a janitor, and while his uh, his older brother (laughs) is like you know defeating Skynet and the machines. He's mm-hmm. just got a shitty life. He's trying to make his rent for a six hundred dollar apartment in the fucking yeah yeah you know somewhere I love in L A. Yeah, just, his,
1: you know, his,
2: his battle with AI was the Roomba. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. That was quick. But yeah, I mean, one of these if you if you guys come to New Orleans, I'll get I'll get Connor Bob on the show. But but so it was this this friend of ours, and she's out there with with she's a really good friend of his girlfriend, and then a bunch of our other friends, and 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 she's tanked. And we know it, but she's a fucking professional. I mean, through and through and through. And it's like, all right, whatever. You know, like, do your thing. And she I, I'm bar backing for him this night. He's he's bartending. And I like I walk around the corner, everyone everything's totally normal. You know? I like just go over and say hi to him. I come out from dumping ashtrays out of the balcony. And they're throwing all these cups away at the same time. I was like, what's going on? They're like, oh no, no, you don't you don't need to see this. And then Kayla's like, uh, no, it's fine. I puked into nine pint cups, but I didn't spill anything. <laughs> and I swear to God, I swear like, what, to another? God, she was she apparently had me be on like, bawr, bawr, bawr. <laughs> not not one morsel of vomit on the A table. Morsel. Around, Why around, you have to around, say morsel? Because it was thick. I mean, this is some viscous it shit. It's
1: was chonky.
2: chonky. And also at that rate, I was like, Kayla, here's a giant water. You can stay. Dude, the I didn't even, work. you know, I mean, you didn't make a mess. You did. You are still a consummate professional. That's awesome. Um,
0: Kayla, I, I was on the verge of 84-ing you.
2: But yeah, I was on the verge, sp- verge of 84 you. You did a morsel you. on yeah. the yeah. bar. A and, morsel and for
0: of that, oh. for, for that, you're good.
2: This next one, I just felt I needed to share. And, and, you know, I'm not much, I don't, I, I, I'm not to, I hate to be a name dropper, but it's such a great, it's such a great story. Okay. Um. So, I'm Stifler's, Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge, was a was a, was a regular, or a semi-regular at this bar that Connor Bob and I okay, worked at. Cool. And uh, she, she'd usually come in, I think it was her daughter that she'd come in with,
1: mm-hmm. and they'd just
2: come in and, and you know, have a few bottles of wine and eat food, because we, we had these great tapas, these great late-night tapas, even you know, in this dive bar, you know, aesthetic. But there were these two dudes, you know, a couple of real just, just, just you know, jabronis. You know, look like you know, ex Tulane frat, Ivy League frat uh you know, accountants or Ooh, something. Oh Green Wave. Let's go Yeah, out. Green Wave <laughs> Talking about uh who, who was it? Forte. Yeah. Oh that's bear hey yeah, I'm
0: a Chicago Bear fan. You know, That's like
2: it. he's like the only name I can think of someone who came from Tulane that like You're making my shit, pants
0: tight right now. Stop not Stop. Will Forte,
2: that's that's the uh, comedian. What was his first name? Uh, Matt Forte. Matt. Forte. Matt. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. I was, I was like, well, I'm, I'm thinking of Will Forte, you know, very like the com- the comedian, Matt but Forte. yeah, Matt Forte. But anyways, so these guys, I um went over to just get the bottle from them. The bottle was done. It was like we didn't really do table service, but she was sweet. She came in. She's always funny, and like is absolutely kind of her character. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, not not really that character. But she's just like very sweet. And, like, funny and kind of just, like, every, the delivery's real slow yeah. and everything's baby and honey. And, and she's, like, you know, something like, so tell oh. me, baby, what what did those guys order? They ordered, I don't know, an old-fashioned and they didn't know what whiskey they wanted. And they tipped you a dollar on it. I was, like, holy shit. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> she's like, I just have a way with people. I don't know. You know, and so I come back. I bring him another bottle of wine. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was. But the same guys came back up. And they did some other bullshit. You know, They they we were slow. Talked amongst themselves. Like, what do the girls want to drink? You know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, so... She's like, so what was it this time? They didn't know what they wanted. And they didn't know what their dates wanted. So... They ordered them white wine, and then they decided to have Heineken or something. I'm like, you fucking nailed! It.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus, my God, Jesus. you nailed it again! She's a fucking, she's a bar. And I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ask
2: her. I didn't ask her um, if if she had worked service, but you know, I'm thinking an, an actress who's been at it for years, she probably worked service for a long time when she was trying to come up. But what? she was great. That was just, it was just a short interaction. But she was just like nailing this, and she was so sweet. She tipped so like well. I'm just like, God, you're. Oh, whoops. Like <laughs> okay. God, you're. You're a wonderful person. I, I love you, beautiful. Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> nice. That's awesome.
0: To Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge.
2: To Jennifer, to Jennifer Coolidge. Coolidge.
0: Stan mom. Stiffler. No, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Do it. Um. No, man, what a cat! You know, I, I love this category because we get some of the craziest stories that we ever mm-hmm. get on the pod in this category. But I think what doesn't get touched on enough are those customers that just make you feel warm and fuzzy and yeah. happy inside, which is is a little bit few and far between. But I love that, man. So I'm, I'm glad you went for the name drop. Um, yeah, I
2: mean, it just happens to be someone, too, who's like, I mean, you know, doesn't have any reason to talk to me or, or really do anything than just like be. I'm being a polite. Yeah, I'm being, you know, a polite Polite bartender and she's being a polite guest but mm-hmm. like went a little further and, and you know.
1: I love it. With the, with yeah. the have,
2: have that little bit of rapport with you. Yeah. And hell, if she ever was a bartender maybe she'll be on the podcast yeah, one day. Like, oh, I would love it. I would What love I that. didn't do is like you know I've had a crush on you since I was 10. Right? See, there you go. Right? Speaking, <laughs> like, oh well, baby, look, I know. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone your age has a crush on me. Of,
0: speaking of people getting dropped, okay? Give us fights, fights arrests and fires.
2: Okay. Well, I know Number you said, did seven. you have another memorable customer? Well, I do have one. Go, get it out, thing. man. All All right. Right. It's fuck All it, man. We're already at two hours. Right. The, so it, the listeners that are listening along are hooked. This is so. a, this is a dear friend of mine. So there's this was this regular at the downtown bar we talked about. Okay, and and this guy has lived in that area for years. I mean, he's he's in his sixties. He's he's uh, New Orleans born and bred, and, mm-hmm. and is this like he's he's like a Mardi Gras savant? Is he like a Cajun? Uh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Um, it's an older black man, older gay black man, Mr. James. And and is this just a character of epic proportions. Okay. He's like Mardi Girl is his favorite thing on the planet, and it's it's like to a T he, he's like it's almost like you know like a like a tick of his that he's great with like Mardi Gras dates and be like Mardi Girl, nineteen sixty nine. It was on March the fourth. It was sixty-five degrees, a beautiful day, <laughs> you know, and he'll go on about these stories. But oh, um, his thing was the thing about him that I that I that I I, I loved most and was the most ridiculous was he would just like scream out. He'd like see you know see a, a handsome handsome dude. He'd just go meat, meat, <laughs> meat, meat. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And it's, uh, meat, meat, meat. <laughs> And so, and so Mr. Mr. James, James, you so, dirty Tom. So, so Mr. James <laughs> did this shit all the time, and then- You was, know what, I
0: actually like this. We have a little bit, you know, while well, we have our female bartenders on, and we have represented the LGBT community very well. No, we
1: haven't. I don't think, I mean, Dirty Tom's dabbled, but I don't think we've actually had a, a we have. bartender. We've have had we?
0: multiple on. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's
1: not, No, it's it, fine, because it's not important unless they want to bring it up. It, it shouldn't fucking matter. I mean, you they know- They
0: have brought it up. You don't- let Listen, apparently. Okay? I edit every fucking episode,
1: this... Steve. All right? oh, wow. oh, you don't know what you're fucking talking about right oh, now. Oh, I do? Anyway.
0: You, and I, you and I are going to have a conversation <laughs> uh, when we're done with this one. I'm not trying to go down an offshoot. I'm just trying hey, to make a point.
2: No, everybody... You both seem like very, very good guys. <laughs> this, this this, is
1: Steve's coming out right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, This is, this is his yeah. roundabout way yeah. of letting so, everybody know. So right.
2: Mr. James, so Mr. James, <laughs> I'm just going to carry on with this. So, so Mr. James, though, has uh. You know, a way of, of pushing that a little bit too far. I mean, he, it was always fun, but Andre and I too, who were the teammates, he would be, yeah, right there. He'd be like, me. We'd walk in and be like, now there's the meat. You know, it's hilarious. I loved it. He, uh, he would always talk proportions and they were absurd. And for a while, when I first started working there, I didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, I'm like 14 by 11, 18 by seven and a half. Tell you what you're gonna do when you find that, sit on it. <laughs> and he would, I mean, I mean, it was so hysterical to the point where he would like he would start conversations with young gay couples and then go into his meat rant, you know, <laughs> But but Mr. James, uh, there's there's a, a festival every year um, called Southern Decadence. That's an LGBTQIA festival, and it's and it's and it's absurd and it's fucking fun as hell, and it's in the quarter. And he's talking to me and this other bartender, Flip, and he's like, I really want to go to Decadence this year. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm off on Tuesday. I was like, I'll meet you down here when Flip gets off. Let's go to Decadence. And he worked at this local grocery. So he would and it was uptown. So he'd always he'd make his bar crawl back toward where he lived. So he'd stop at four or five bars before he got there every time anyway. So it was loaded. But he's still wearing his like neon cart vest. And so we take Mr. James down into Southern Deca- Southern Decadence and it's down in this area called Skitters Skittles. Oh, Skittles. Ah, <laughs> Skittles Corner. Skeeters. And Skeeters. Skeeter's Corner. Together, Skeeters. Down there on Skeeter's Corner. Skeeters corner. <laughs> and uh and, and there's and there's a collection of gay bars and it's sort of the epicenter of Southern Decadence. And so we go in, we go into this one bar, and there's there's go-go dancers, I mean some hot boys, beefcakes on every corner, black light everywhere. And so we go, we're like, Mr. James, you want a drink? We go to get him a drink. We're, you know, bopping around, seeing what's up. We lose Mr. James. Completely lose him. Can't find it. Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, flip, we got to look for the vest. You know, it's black light. And then we just start looking and we see the vest behind two go-go dancers in the corner that are on the bar. <laughs> and then people all around him, Mr. James is just like, he'd already found himself a beer. was <laughs> just standing there. Between the meat Between the meat And we're like We did it We did it We took the old man To the meat <laughs> Hell yes awesome. Mr. James That's great Dude he, He's the best And then So I actually haven't I haven't actually seen him Since I moved back to New Orleans and I saw him driving My buddy Andre And I, I saw him driving down the street We were going to this lumber company We were doing this little job And he was leaving work And I just hung out the truck window And yelled me and I swear to God, like he almost broke his neck whipping around, but he wasn't. He couldn't. We were too far away. He didn't him to know. Catch, him. He no, no, I he, he never still knows. wonders this day like, who that was.
0: I, I bet he knew. I bet he knew deep down
2: it was you. you know? I mean, I have a pretty recognizable voice. you probably realize yeah. at this point. He's like Trent. Where the fuck is Trent at? <laughs> but Mr. James, man, all the time he'd come in. He was also the only guy we'd let sleep in the bar. Yeah, and we because he would just nod off, and everyone. I mean, for the course of like ten years, we have this huge collection of photos of us posing with Mr. James nice. while he's asleep at the that's bar. Awesome. That's awesome.
1: What a good sport, too. <laughs> All right, before, <laughs> Anyways, we, move, not... no, before we move on, just because <clears throat> Trent felt the need to, you know, vouch for us and say that we're both really good guys, I won't know until I edit this later. If we have interviewed any LGBTQ plus people, mm-hmm. I just haven't, I, I okay, fine, I haven't realized it because it's not something we talked about on the on the pod because guess what? Your sexuality doesn't fucking define who you are. So that's, 100%. I'm just saying, Okay, I'm just saying I have not after all the editing and stuff, so it didn't, you know. I just but haven't, I haven't picked up on it.
0: You don't need to do a disclaimer. I was just trying to make the point that uh, that. I like, was
1: just trying to say I didn't think that we had. I just didn't. I, you know, I know most people that have been on. I anyway, we don't, to, let's move on. Let's no, move on. No,
0: let's sit in it. Let's oh sit my God. in it because it's sit awkward on it. now. Let's sit on it. Let's sit on it. I want to Me? sit on it.
1: 14 I'm gonna by 11? Yeah, I'm going to sit on
0: the meat. I'm going to sit on the meat for a second. Here's the deal, okay? I was just trying to set myself up for a very quick joke, and you that jumped in, That's and you had to get all posted the All right, we got to the bottom down. of it. We got to the bottom right. of it. Right. Yeah. We're going to get into the bottom of it.
1: Yeah, we're going to get right into right. the bottom. Son of a bitch. No. Jesus Christ. But,
0: but in all seriousness, uh, number seven fights arrests and fires my friend one of my favorite categories probably to my top three near and dear to my heart i just love chaos i really yeah. do and i love fire I, it's a yeah. i love a kitchen on fire that's when you learn that's when you learn what people are really made of
2: well okay i'm trying to figure out how i should these chronological <laughs> or into the most ridiculous um hmm <laughs> so, dun, 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 dun. i think i'm gonna run i'm trying to you know i'm really trying to figure out the best, the best way to to, to work this bit is a performance but i think i'm just gonna i think i'm just gonna go off the cuff Dude, we're you gonna go hit me with a little bit more mezcal we're gonna motorbike. go we're gonna go we're gonna go chronologically so <laughs> we're going back we're going back to fat daddies we're we're we're, we're send,
1: pittsburgh fucking we're sending, we're sending it back 10 years
2: we're sending it back 10 years and, uh, Cale Garner, who we were talking about earlier, yeah. loves to tell this story. It's, it's This is the first time I met him. Uh, long story short, I was playing, it was one of those Thursday open mic nights, and I worked at the place at the time, I wasn't working, but I worked at the place at the time, and we were in between sets, no, it wasn't Thursday night, we had like a, we were doing a Saturday night gig at that point, it was just, it was just our band, it was just Rusty the Thrusters, and we, uh... Play, play a set, take a break, and this guy shows up who was giving one of my coworkers a hard time, and apparently had on multiple occasions was always making her feel uncomfortable and like being a little bit too oh, That's a bit. creeper. It that's is, it worst. is the worst. So I, so I, I, I asked him if he'd come talk to me, and he was uh, not very receptive of it, and I was incredibly drunk, so I just started beating the shit out. Listen, I mean, I just, I, just oh, beat, I, just beat, I just beat the piss out of him <laughs> in the back of that parking lot. Which also, you know, as you know, Michael, is right next to the police station. Yes,
1: it is. Oh, I mean, oh.
2: and, and I, 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 was just, I, had, I had had enough. You I didn't punch see punch that coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I just went after him. I just didn't like the way he was talking about it. He told me to mind my own fucking business, and I you was like, nope. nope.
0: You just suck nope. and punch my ears. I'll tell yeah. you what, I did not.
2: <laughs> so... So it's in the parking lot. I'm, I, I like, it tears one of my shoes. We're just rolling around the gravel and the shitty chip asphalt. And I definitely did. This isn't, and I'm not, I'm not one to tell these, these, these stories. I'm not usually one to do the dick swingy kind of thing, but I, I kicked this guy's ass. And then to add insult to the, to injury, it's, he's with this friend who is, is a football player at Pitt State, who is very large. And I'm, like, thinking the whole time, like, this guy's going to jump in. I'm going to get killed. Whatever. This guy's a piece of shit. Don't care. His buddy's like, uh-uh, fuck that dude. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, like, stays completely knew. out of it. His gets buddy new, yeah. Gets in the car. Well, this is where it gets really, really shitty. So I, I like, he, he runs away from me and gets in his car and starts pulling out. And I just am boot stomping the shit out of the, out of the quarter panel of his fucking Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> Or whatever, as he's driving out, and two parts of this. So I'm still furious. It fucked my boot up. <laughs> you know, I love those boots. Love those boots. What well, the boot, that? the boot got fucked up from the concrete, not from kicking his car. But again, again, to anybody who listens, this is I'm not this. I'm not that person. I was very young. I was very angry. This guy was being more than a creep. Um... To a, a coworker and a very good friend of mine. Not to say that violence is the answer; it isn't. I would do it much differently now, but I'm glad the, he hey, got his hey, ass kicked. Hey, it's one of the answers, <laughs> but it, it it handled the situation in the moment. So, so they leave. Kale, who I just met, is just standing the whole time, going, "Holy shit, dude!" And, and so we go back in. I'm kind of licking my wounds. I mean, he got me too. We're rolling around in concrete and I just, I got a, got one of those. They had the fish bowls. I got another fish bowl and I went up and I finished the set. Nice. And, uh, the, the worst part of that though, <laughs> fucking
1: rock and roll, baby. The worst, the worst part of that
2: was though, I never heard a word from the owners, from anything else, but the worst part about that was, is that I was drunk enough that I did not have any idea what this guy looked like. Not what he, I mean, kind of how he was shaped. That was it. I was always looking over my shoulder in this tiny town for a silver Cavalier that had <laughs> boot marks yes. in the back door <laughs> panel. And then months later, I ran into his buddy, the football yeah. player. And I'm like, oh, fuck, was that his car? Oh, oh shit. Because he was hanging out with yeah. another friend of mine. Who also I was buying weed from. So I'm like, oh fuck, I came here to buy weed. I'm gonna get dicks <laughs> on. Shit, <laughs> you dumb son of a bitch. What have you done? And it's way worse if you get dicks on by a
0: guy who owns a silver Cavalier. Can we yeah, be honest? Yeah. I mean, you can own a lot of cars, but yeah. if it, you know that's one of those cars that if a guy who owns that car beats you up, you just feel a little I, bit, a little bit worse.
2: I should have thought about the fact that the very large man didn't know the, the Silver Cavalier because, one, he got in the passenger side, and two, he could barely fit in it. There'd be no reason for him to, bu- yeah. to buy that car. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so, so I, 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 I introduced myself. I apologize. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry if that was your view. You, I'm sorry about your, your friend's an asshole. Mm-hmm. I kept that premise. Was like, your friend is a mm-hmm. fucking asshole, but. You know, that, that got out of hand. You were not that wavering off
3: guys. that point. No, was I was not wavering off,
2: that. off your friend's an asshole. <laughs> um, and he was like, oh, whatever. It's cool, dude. He's like, that guy just gave me a ride to the bar. I don't fucking like that guy. I was like, oh, <laughs> thank <laughs> God. Oh, thank God. He's like, no wonder you just let me kick his ass, <laughs> yeah, too. Right. Oh, like, no, just, just make sure he's good enough to uh-oh. drive home. That's all that's I ask. Awesome. Hey, um,
1: Mike, what do
0: you think? Team up for number eight, huh?
2: I don't know. Do you have another? I I've got one on fires, but it was a, it was a quit job. Dude, do it, um, do it. I'm uh, sorry. Well, I'm not
0: trying to rush us at all. I didn't. I just you know. Steve's
1: got to go to sleep. Oh, everybody. Oh yeah, I know. I'm i i good. Let's keep it going. These stories
0: <laughs> are fire. Get it? Fire. Okay. So oh, go. I
2: got it. So the, that balances out my bad joke earlier, all right, I You piece of stuff. shit. I I'll go joke. with the next the next fight. So it's back. Now we're moving forward again to to the club. That I was, the rock and roll rock and roll club that, uh, that I was working at. And, and it's a night where I'm managing. I'm not bartending. My buddy Robbie is bartending. My buddy Robbie works uh, uh, a day job as, as, as selling insurance. And his boss is there. It's This guy, his name his name is Rod Solo. I mean, I feel like I can say his name because he's, he's now rec- recently deceased. It's just too bad. He was like a horrible pain in the ass, but I like the guy a lot. Um, Rod was just a menace. All the time. And especially when Robbie was working because he was his boss at his other job. So he'd come in there and get fucking coked out of his head and just be, you know, like trying to lie a Joint in the bar. And it's, it is New Orleans, but like it's not completely fucking anarchy. Like just yeah, go outside. Not, yeah. Like just go to the bathroom. Like you cannot do rails yeah, off seen, the bar. I've seen people doing
1: rails off of trunks of cars on Bourbon Street and shit. Yeah. But just, Which is still just, a little. I, yeah. Two, two just caval- get behind cavalier. like yeah. some kind of
2: wall. Everyone knows what you're doing, but like I don't Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Like. Basically, you can't do coke off the bar, and you can't fall asleep there unless you're Mister James. Those are like the two <laughs> back to pet peeves. There you go. It's Bye. Very you gotta go. rules
0: in New Really? Yeah,
2: man. It's anarchy there. That's it. Don't start a fight. Don't do coke off the bar. Don't fall asleep. You're fine, <laughs> unless you're Mister James. Unless you're Mister James, in unless which you case James. you can do any of that. God, I hope he listens. <laughs> Grandfathered in. <laughs> um, but but anyways. So, so Rod is like, trying to light a joint in the bar. And I'm, I'm trying to look out for my buddy Robbie too. Cause I know he, he won't ever just tell Rod to fuck That's off. It's his boss. Yeah. Cause it's his boss at his other yeah. job. So I'm like, Rod, fuck off. Go outside. And, and at the time we had this little, basically we had dead cases over on this little porch on the side. So I take this guy out there and it was cracker playing that night.
1: Like as cracker. in
2: cracker, like low. Hey, 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 oh, like big. That's, no. I fucking dig that song. I did too, or, or I used to. Um, <laughs> I used to. Too cool for This now. motherfucker <laughs> comes outside and just starts laying into me because Rod's out there with the dead case. He's like, what the fuck are you doing out here getting high with this guy, you know, out here in our artist area? He's like, what's your fucking problem, man? He's like, You you're not a fucking professional. I mean, I'm a fucking professional. And I I go on with this for a while and he keeps going on with this, you know, professionalism rant. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, dude, yeah, you had a top forty hit in nineteen ninety six. You just played for eighty people. I'm like, I don't think <laughs> we need to talk about professionals. And I'm here trying to do my job. I was trying to get this guy out of your face and out of everyone else's. This is the space that we allotted you mm. for your stuff. We're not touching your stuff. I'm so sorry feel like your stuff is being infringed upon but this is the building that I manage and this is part of it and I, and I'm 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 handling something right now so yeah, you need I'm, to trying calm.
0: To, I'm trying to deal so, with
2: shit so you me. need to so you need to calm the fuck down if I'm, I'm in your try, way I'll get
0: I'm trying to make your life better
2: this dude straight up tries to drag me in the street and fight me this like 50 year old man and I'm like dude come the fuck on you're this I mean well well sorry threatens he's like you want to go outside you want, I was like, we are outside. Do you want to go to the street? <laughs> what, what are you talking about, man? Also, like, who's the, who's, and I threw a few digs in, too. It was like, I was like, oh, oh, my God. Okay, I, I'm Trent, so unprofessional. I, I have
1: to fucking, I have to stop, because I have to catch up here. The Talk about cracker
0: on cracker crime.
1: So we've got, we've got Rod and your buddy. Mm-hmm. Rod is the insurance guy. Yes. Okay, so he's trying to light up a joint. And you're like you In the bar. in the bar. And you're like, you need to get the fuck out. Yes. So you go to throw him out and then the, I go to
2: take him to the side porch. To the side not even throw him out. Just right. be like right. smoke it out. Because of again, your- I don't want but, I don't want Robbie to have consequences to his he, other but boss. The artist, artist from the band Cracker.
1: Yes, comes out because of this disturbance and he is he's
2: got an issue he, with what's going on. He comes out to grab a case. Okay, and he and sees this so. going on and, and he gets and, upset. And, and, and it's like well, nothing's going on. I'm just Rod's drunk as hell and all yacked out but of his brain. But then the guy from Cracker Yeah, I'm just trying to calm him down a little bit and get him to get the fuck but, out of there and let him finish his smoke and the guy from Cracker comes out and just starts laying into my he, ass. And he wants to fight you? Well, after the the banter, yeah. then yes, then he tries to fight me and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fight you. I mean, I throw some shade at him. I said some things to provoke the situation. About his music, probably. About his music, <laughs> about about being, you know, not exactly about being a one-hit wonder. I, mean, I wish you would remember some of the things that popped off. But, like, I mean, I definitely, like, after he went gloves off at me, Mm-mm. you know, and, and basically just about, like, me doing my job, yeah, or exactly. how I was supposed to do my job, yeah. and et cetera, I, I, I started throwing some digs in, but... Long story short, him and his tour manager sent the whole ownership apparatus sent the promoter this like three page
1: oh like fucking email about this yeah story, yeah about
2: this incident and yeah. about me and they were like I-, I got a text message you know and they're like so this seems like a, a bunch of bullshit <laughs> nice. like yeah it was
0: <laughs> like,
2: okay cool how would the Guys, show sell.
0: Cracker is never gonna play here ever again. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Damn, I feel like I'm yeah. gonna
1: take that song off my. Playlist, they were like, you know? they were
2: like, how'd the show sell? I was like, it went okay. It was not like, really... yeah, well, I mean, what? Who cares? Okay, Mike, whatever. Moving, moving on. Mike,
1: playing for sixty people, motherfucker. Like, yeah. you yeah. know yeah. where to so make you feel low.
2: You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. It was it was sold a little better than that, but it wasn't great. You know. I have a
0: feeling that like Cracker. Are exclusively Pele's Buffalo Wild Wings across America now.
1: That's like a <laughs> bunch, their, their bunch of blue cheese lovers. Have you guys made, followed... Or, sorry, no, French I'm a ble- my <laughs> I know. I, I fucked, fucked it up. up. Fuck have, you. Have you guys
2: followed, Um, uh, what's his name, Max something? The the guy from Eve 6 has become like the Twitter king over the last uh, year or so. I'm on Twitter. We're, just, we're on Twitter, but we don't fucking I'm, about I'm not on Twitter either. I've just been reading it in Pitchfork articles and stuff. He just keeps roasting himself and all these other art 90s artists. I mean, it's like, they, he, cool. he just like calls that. Stephen Jenkins, like uh, Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Blind Guy. He's like, <laughs> he's like, one time Third Eye Blind Guy told me, <laughs> told me that I sounded, that I sounded like Jim Morrison and that we were, would be as influential as The Doors. And then he told me he fucked my girlfriend. <laughs> like, and he, he just keeps going on with shit like that. So I've, I've just had this, so once I started reading this, I was like, man.
1: Need Somebody cracker. You need to get the I need right to get, dig. I need you need to, get to find on, those digs you shot at that I need, that need to get
2: on Twitter and team up with the Eve 6 guy yeah. to take on Cracker. I
1: think you should do it. <laughs> I, think, I think we found your colleague tonight, man. And please just all that I ask, Trent is just tag BRP drink water. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's absolutely. All I <laughs> you got
2: it. All right, that, that's all I got. That's all, all right. I got. All right, very
3: nice. Hey, hey, hey like being stoned.
2: I, mean, I feel like the next question that's coming up, I'm just gonna say, yes.
0: All no, no, sex I, stories. I mean, well, here's the thing. I would, I would. Love yes, for us and to love to moving the, on. The the ideal the ideal answer right now is, is is if if we were like Trent, number eight, sex stories, and you were like, so after I fought the guy from Cracker, we were like, sweet, passionate love yeah. on the pavement. Mm-hmm. With the rats staring that, at yeah. us, meat, Amazing. <laughs> <of the experience>. <laughs> meat, <laughs> Mr. James was just yelling meat the whole time from the sidewalk. It's the greatest. Man, that guy's an, an asshole style. and his
2: music sucks, but he is a world class lover. <laughs> he took <laughs> real me high, give he
0: took me low, but I'll tell you what, he knows how
1: to low, You
0: know.
2: Real, Are you sure there's, the, there's nothing? I mean, because I get it,
1: but there's nothing you want to you oh, want to share in this category. I mean,
2: I basically that same place that I was talking about. I mean, it wasn't just me; it was me and everyone. One that worked there, we fucked all over that place. Yeah, I mean, it had a green room with couches. I lived there for part of the time. I mean, it was uh... you know, it's Deboterous just Deboterous cosmic. Deboterous. It's just really deba. <laughs> I mean, here's actually, I do, I do have one. I'm going to tell. I mean, right. I'm going to, I'm going to out myself so that, the, so that it's a little bit fair. I mean, I definitely. There was a little closet in the back. There was the green room. I mean, I. Definitely had sex in that place on shift, you know, pulling, pulling quickies with, with the person I was seeing or, or hanging out at the time. I and mean, was never like, I didn't have any like real rando stories. Other than one time I was closing the bar and this girl just like got pretty much naked and then just stood there in front of me. And I was like, this is, it was do? another one of those stories what where you're like, you do? <laughs> that, I'm, I, she might've said that exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to finish closing the bar. And then I did. And, and, and then I gave her right on. <laughs> True story. Is that euphemism? Is that no, 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 no? We'll and that's, never know. And that's not supposed to be like a white knight story or anything else. But like <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ, and she was a good friend of a friend, and I knew she was kind of after me, but an an I wasn't an even wasn't, better friend after that. Was it? No, 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 no. There was, you know, I think actually we had a little good touch, bad touch uh, uh, session later on. We did, we did, but but that <laughs> night, that night was not the case. Right, she so, was, I'm
1: sorry, I'm pulling you off track here. She so was very entertaining. Mike, with how many party. tequilas have you had? Very, very enough, but not too you know, much. I Funny. hear
0: it in your voice. You're intoxicated. You
2: can't hear now. anything in my voice. All right. I just,
0: swear to
1: God. Yeah. Yeah, we'll that, was that was was one of those, those
2: to scenarios it. too. As it goes in bars, where it's like sometimes you're like people are hitting on you, or or you're on the other side, you're hitting on people, and you're just like, you. This is just you're you're too damn drunk.
1: Yeah, which is which is unattractive. Just, I, would I, imagine imagine I would love to get your I would love to get your phone
2: number or something. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, no the uh, the. The sex story that I have, the, the best one was my boss, uh, and he—it's—it's it's a personal, it's a—it's a one-on-one situation here, one-man job. But he—he he lived, he lived behind the bar in these apartments, and not once but twice he like called me to come over. He's like, "Come over, let's hang out, you know, let's do a bag, a brews beer." And and I came and and then I came over and he's just like asleep in the sound booth one time with his dick in his hand, <laughs> falling asleep watching porn. And then the second time, the second time is the best because I came in to work to get. Oh, he didn't tell me to come over that night. I I was coming in to take orders. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, and they'd had a movie night the night before or something. And he's got we we have a drop projection screen. He's he's playing porn onto it off of his phone. And I can come in and he's just like like smash beer bottle that he's because he passed out on this bench, thick in his hand. Jesus Christ. And then his wife starts calling. So it's going so that it's it's his wife's name uh, comes on over the porn over over the porn on the projection screen (laughs) and and, and the ringtone is going through the stereo system (laughs) through the sound system a a professional stereo system and it's still not waking him up and so I'm like motherfucker wake up get your fucking pants on your wife is calling you. his dog is in there with him too he lives right behind it in the third story so he like gets up real quick he's like oh god I'm so sorry hey you mind cleaning this up I gotta he puts his dog on a leash Walks out the front door and then like he's like proceeds to walk the dog for like four or five blocks and walk back in like he was just yeah, out walking, walking the, the dog, dog sure. <laughs> just out walking the dog, honey.
1: <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
2: Okay, so anyways, I, this again, this has gone on forever and it's getting late. It's what I'm really getting at is that I am a terrible person, <laughs> and and have an endless well of debaucherous <laughs> stories because I've decided. For whatever reason, uh, to do this work and to stay in it, at least in some capacity. Hey, you know, wait,
1: we've said multiple times, you got to be a special breed, man. To, to be able to, to deal with this shit and be able to... It's not just a deal. I've partaken <laughs> as well. you, know, you, gotta you know? ride the wave. Thing, oh.
2: Ride awful. the snake. Ride the snake? Do the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, number nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> All right, number nine
0: and <laughs>
2: games all
1: right
0: mm. this is mike and i's favorite category yeah i, I, I imagine
1: up. i'm sorry steve go on am no I'm go y- go. you
0: no please mike you got it no you got it it's okay no oh,
1: steve's upset tonight like no, in you. his it's face all you. <laughs> no it's all no go ahead go ahead no, i just no, imagine and especially Keep in up. such a such a close most of the time he's mad that i'm not doing no you long. go no. no you go
0: you go go ahead so <laughs>
1: in, in such a close knit bar community I feel like there's, you know, especially you were talking about bar rivalries earlier. Really? I oh, feel yeah. like there's got to be some pranks and games. Like, you know, obviously sometimes you'll prank people that are coming into the bar that are new. Oh, sorry. Also, sorry,
0: hold on. That's my porn alarm. Your porn off. alarm? Yeah, let me, let me hold on. Uh, oh my God. Uh, hold on.
2: You, you schedule it like a dump or something? It's got to stay regular. <laughs> Oh, oh shit, it's uh eleven forty East Coast time. It's uh gotta go for a bait, gotta stay regular.
1: <laughs> well, Steve, don't let us stop you. Just go on. <laughs> so anyway, there's gotta be some pranks, uh so you know, some stuff that went on inner bar kind of stuff, or just stuff that you put the new
2: uh employees through. You know, I, I'm trying to think about it. I mean, really I can't I can't think of a lot. I mean, we used to hide things for shits and giggles, you know, and stuff like that, but I feel like it, it's most of these places have been so, you know, we've got a great, great team and, and, uh, sometimes, most of the time in all the places I have worked at, worked at, but there's so much of a, like, we're, we're like going to war mentality, yeah. like put your war faces on right. that we just didn't pull much of don't that. don't have time to we, Well, around. and we just, and we didn't want to, and we didn't want to like, uh, we didn't want to fuck anybody's juju up before uh juju before we were about to a get a voodoo term before we we're about to get totally you know hammered by customers i mean um, i I'm, I'm sure there's something somewhere but i was well, reading said, these questions before and i was like i just don't I that's, fine. Really, that's fine that's fine because this?
1: no. not go ahead no no you <laughs> no you please. no
0: you all right fuck you man. um <laughs> So you said you'd hit, you'd hide stuff. I always love the scavenger hunt, right? Like where you have to really pace something down, and everybody knows where it is, and it's the one asshole trying to find that. But I think what this the the true um the true sentiment of this category is time killing. It's those mar- oh
2: totally. And, and
0: I think part of your bar experience is you've worked in New Orleans, which is really high traffic. I think what what uh, maybe is an easier way to ask this question for you is what do you do to pass the time when you are bored and without customers or, you know, just, just feeling like, you know, there's nothing else to do other than spin your thumbs, you know?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is a lot of stuff, you know, you know, Paper sculptures, uh, lots of doodles. There's lots of doodling, and there, I've worked in a lot of places that had like doodle walls, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And then we would, you would, well, at that rate, kind of a break, you would doodle someone else you work with and like leave it around. <laughs> we also, we also, this this place that I was just working the other night doing it, you know, that I used to work at. I worked in a pop up kitchen in one part of it, and then worked in the bar way later on. But when I was in the pop up kitchen, two of my best friends were bartending on their side, and like, I mean, this is straight middle school shit. Oh, you would just wait. I mean, even when it was busy as hell, we would just sort of like wait for a really great opening. Leave, leave spit wads. I mean, very middle school. Leave like loaded spit wads laying around. So if you just caught the right opportunity to just tag, <laughs> pick them. one up
1: and bang. You don't, yeah. you, don't have to oh. carry, you don't carry it around with you. It's just in a strategic <sighs> place in the restaurant.
2: That being said, this it's wasn't like a actually a pile of snowballs.
1: You know, I mean, you don't <laughs> yeah. carry you don't carry them in your pocket.
2: My buddy Patrick used to do this thing where he would like, he, he's really good at flicking coins. You know what I'm talking about? When yeah. people like, I mean, it's like mean, like yeah. laser beaming. Yeah. This was not in the bar, but it was a fun story. And he, he would do that to us in the bar. We'd be in this little kitchen. He'd be in the other side and like, bing, bing. Like, fuck, man. Like, that was a nickel. <laughs> that hurt like hell. You know, it hit me from like 15 feet. One day we're just hanging out at his house and, and it's me and, and another one of my best friends Austin and Austin is in the middle of a conversation he's just like talking and uh Patrick flicks a penny at him and he he just keeps going through his sentence and he's like like says another word he's like what the fuck was that and we're both just like (gasps) like he flicked it just as Austin was talking the penny went into the back of his mouth and down his throat oh my god like I mean hit the back of his throat and like he shit he he, he shit a penny (laughs) He Uh-oh. was he was force fed a penny from ten feet, and then he shit a penny. Jesus. Because right. I mean, needless to say, Patrick quit flicking coins after that. I mean, it was, I mean, one that's fucked up, but two, like you have topped your game, <laughs> <laughs> right? You, just, you have, it's time to retire. <laughs> There's no How beating. Was like your uvula? Is that what it's called? Just hits the uvula, just punching bag, dude. It was just nuts. Like <laughs> I throat. mean, just just happened to be. It, like, soo- oh. it
0: sounds like with the velocity, he was flicking him at. It went right by the uvula. That thing. I think so. It off and went straight down yeah. the esophagus. At that <laughs>
1: point. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Good thing it went down the esophagus, not down the windpipe. God damn. You ever, well, thank- you ever choke on a penny? Yeah, uh, I, I choked
0: on a <laughs> bottle cap. We told that story a few episodes back. Don't want to have to relive that one. I don't one, but... think
1: we told that one either, Steve. Uh, oh, well,
0: Lord. I think you're wrong, but we'll,
1: we'll, we'll check
0: the <laughs> If I was in Kansas right now, well, you and I would have a roll around on the concrete. <laughs> well, you wait, yeah, motherfucker. Really,
1: uh, you wait.
0: Um, number 10, firing and quitting stories, and we affectionately call this category what, Michael?
1: Getting 86. That's and right. actually, we we and we don't have to revisit this, but if you don't mind me telling it, from, from uh, the trauma parlor episode, oh yeah, yeah they brought yeah, up yeah, your yeah. story when you went down to New Orleans, and uh, oh, they gave, went down. They yeah, went down. Was yeah. and Gabe, and Gabe, yeah, Gabe was, was with the with the Benz, yeah. and you were the band. You guys were on a four uh, show. Uh, Stint, right? Yeah, yeah. And the first night you got up and you were like fucking railing your band, yeah. Right? Do you want to tell that yeah. one, or do we
2: just need to leave it to the listeners um, to go
1: back and make sure they listen? Man, to
2: the you know, I think I think we should. I think we should reference him in the Trauma Parlor episode. Yo, listen,
1: um, episode bonus episode. of Trauma Parlor. They told me properly. They. Said I it. was.
2: I was uh, being, I was drunk and a real fucking asshole. I was really out of line. It took me a substantial amount of time Trent, no, to, to repair no, Trent, those relationships, oh, I will Trent, tell stop, you. Stop, stop, stop right now, friend. You don't have anything to apologize for. If
0: those motherfuckers would have practiced more and sounded a little bit better, there would have been no issues here. You wouldn't have had to cause a stink. I well, don't even hear anything to
2: the contrary. They did tell that story, uh... Proper hump. They really, they really, they really gave. They they gave the uh, the hand account. Man, <laughs> really man, man, I was a son of a bitch. It was a great. Today. Oh wow, it's funny. You know, I keep thinking the further we get through this question list, it's like you know. Listen, I know I sound like a real wild card, a real son of a bitch, <laughs> and then now that we're down to the last one, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you are a fucking son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> Not sound
2: like. Trent, you are a son of a bitch. Trent, we're we're, we're enjoying it, work. so yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Um, Thank you. So, so that that was uh, that was quite a thing. That got me kicked out of the house I was living in too. <laughs> <the time. laughs> the ba- the, one of the people I was berating happened to be the bass player, who was also uh, the guy who was letting me live with him to just like just for free for fucking two years because I was that kind of. Uh, band degenerate you can hear him cutting the lime right now good man though frustration good man still one of my best friends it took that 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 relationship in particular took a lot of time to repair but still one of my very dear friends uh my best friend on the planet and uh a brother and i'm i'm glad that he was uh (laughs) patient enough with me hey man Those, those are those real
1: connections and friendships where we're all humans we fuck up and that was a big one. Yeah, but
2: you know, I mean, also Gabe and all those guys—they were all staying with us, yeah. so it wasn't just—I got kicked out of the place I was living, but they got kicked out of the place they were staying. I mean, so we we're, were all it's fucking
0: rock and roll, man. It's Fucking rock and roll. God, God damn it! Lord knows I can barely count how many times Michael's fucked up. I mean, it is just exhausting, and I just oh, it's keep, so cute, Steve. And you know, I keep taking him back. You know. So,
2: so the, the next best story. This this comes back to the, the same old club. No, the, the the guy from oh the guy from Cracker didn't get me fired, but uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get fired from that job. But I was I was being uh, I was overworked and underpaid. You know, it was one of those things where I started managing and they weren't paying me that much more than they were around the door. So I was like, look, give me some bar shifts. That's that's it. I mean, I'll pick one a week, the one I want, and that will be my management pay. That never came out that way, mm-hmm. um, and. And I finally got fed up with it, and and then one night I was working a door shift, and it was a frat party or something, and they had decided that it was going to be eighteen and up, and I'm like, how the fuck are we going to going to monitor this, mm-hmm. whatsoever? You know, every time we do this, it's a nightmare, and like it was it's by the universities, it was kind of ATC had been sort of the local ATC had been had been cracking down on some shit. Anyways. Long story short, the, the 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 my my immediate boss, who's one of the owners, also is a guy I found his dick in his hand. <laughs> but he's like, you know, says so something like, "You just need to, you need to just, you're being indignant. I'm your boss, okay? You need to just fucking do it, figure it out." I was like, "Oh, I need to fucking figure it out." So, long story short, we get into this whole thing. We're talking shit. I mean, at this point, too. I mean, into this day is also one of my best friends. I mean, he wouldn't have any qualms about, about telling the story because, you know, we're all in the blood and the guts and a bunch of fucking idiots. But it all comes down and there's there's people in the bar too including some of our other co- co-workers and I'm just like, fuck you! You're a bad friend and a worse fucking boss and I grabbed a bottle of Maker's Mark and a flat, a 24 flat of Corona and threw it over my shoulder and walked out the door and was like, don't worry about paying me what you owe me. <laughs> Shit! Flash forward. Wow. Flash forward. Four days later, one of my best friends' bands is playing over there, and Andre, who comes in from you know earlier, uh. earlier on. This was this was Andre and I used to run that bar together. That's how I. That's why I brought him into the downtown okay. bar. Andre and I. He's a ride or die. It's like carpentry. Uh, I do carpentry. He's a welder. Yeah. If you need something done, you call Andre. If he need something done, he calls me. So. Anyways, Andre is there working the door that night. And I show up, and he's like, oh, fuck. Look, man. I said not to let you in if you showed up. I was like, will you fucking tell me. Motherfucker. I was like, you know what? Never mind. You don't. I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> I like, Listen up, motherfucker. <laughs> And he was all butter. It's a long story short. This is like maybe five days later or something. So he comes down. We're out front. And it starts out as this whole, you know, Hey, motherfucker. Hey, motherfucker. Hey, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. Right. Dick swinging. Cock, cock strutting yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, dick swinging bullshit. And he's like, well, maybe you can go in there if you pay me for those booze you stole the other night. I was like, why don't you give me the 180 bucks you owe me? And then I'll, I'll give you 80 and keep the other 100. And then I'll walk in the door. He's like, oh. Ha <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's right. I I (laughs) didn't (laughs) <laughs> I'd some money, yeah. And it just kind of like broke this him. Is in the most,
0: this is the most pleasant quitting and, story I've ever then, heard. And it's then, kinda, and then, I gotta after, say, you made out with a case of beer makers, and I assume he either gave you your job back or paid your ass. One of the, one of the two, right?
2: No, actually, he did not either of those. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> no, I, I did tell him it was square. I was like, don't worry about it. I told him that shit. I also told you, I, t- I, I told you to fuck yourself in front of half your staff, and you deserve that too. But <laughs> it turned into this. It went. From that, in a laugh, into like, well, I just fucking man, you let me down. You know, you were always it was always I was like, and that was coming from me. it was like, it was always good. It was always a carrot in front of me. I never got it, and I was here working my ass off all the time. I made this place run on a day-to-day basis, and then. Blah blah blah. And then I start tearing up, and he starts tearing Funny up, poses. and then we're hugging in the street, <laughs> and then we're just inside drinking tequila. and uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. We got real cry boy about it, but I'm not afraid to do that. You no, know? there's nothing. There's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, I'm. We we have we have a little a little um, we, you know, never planned. But me and some homies like have a little little therapy session that, that that we call that we call cocaine cry boys <laughs> you know where it's just you and a few buddies and you just you just get into it and then before you know it you're talking about your parents mm-hmm. and uh, and somebody starts to shed a tear and then everybody gets into a big group hug mm-hmm. <laughs> no man there's, no. not always there's not always illicit drugs involved yeah. either. Yeah. But,
0: we we had a know. similar we had a similar experience on the side of a mountain in Arkansas where uh, the the, the sky decided to open up and God swore he was not going to curse the world with another flood. He did that night and the temperature dropped about 60 degrees and we were all huddled wondering if this is when we got washed away. And, uh, and, and I want to tell you when, uh, 12 grown men huddle up together in a tent on the side of a hill,
3: uh, (laughs) rain coming down
0: like motherfucking buckets, wind howling, uh, like, like a, like a horn, man. Um, those are the moments where you, you really, you really find out, uh, who your close friends are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you
2: know, and, and I, I this is, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of swing this around, um, to a direction you guys started the episode with, but it is something to be said, you know, all the bullshit aside and, 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 you know, talking about this work environment, my, my interaction with that particular boss and, and also who's a great friend and someone that I always had a, we've got a lot done with um, and, and did a lot of great work with him and together. But there's a, there's a camaraderie in, in just sort of what we put ourselves through and all of this. It always stays and kind of an understanding, right. but you know, into and, 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 and circling back to where, where you and Michael started. And I, I mean, I've, I have very clearly, I've talked about drugs a lot on this episode, um, no. but, <laughs> but you know, There's a, there's a real, it's, it's really important to keep in the service industry to keep yourself and to keep your, your coworkers and your friends in the service industry, you know, accountable and, and, and to just, just keep an eye on them because Mm -hmm. it's so easy. It's so easy for this shit to, for this shit to spiral. It's easy for the party to not be fun really fucking quick. Absolutely. And, and... There's, there's there's a there's a toxicity in the industry as a whole that needs to be addressed to where, it you do- know, of of conditions and of what, what is demanded like out of people. War.
0: It does feel like we're going to war too long. Absolute, absolutely. Like, when and, and, you start
2: doing stuff like you start doing uppers and stuff for maintenance because you're working these crazy hours and, 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 or you and, go from your day job into this and, and it's just if, not sustainable. Even, you know?
0: even if you're not self-medicating in any way, man, I'm telling you there are times – where uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night rolls around, and I'm mentally starting to prepare myself for the onslaught that's about to be, you know, the the, the weekend. And now, look, now right. I'm out of the industry in the sense that like I'm not full time anymore.
2: Same, right? Same. I, I I pick it up for fun.
0: Right, but it's still, dude. It's still, it's like going to battle, and there's something yeah. about that that leaves you. Again, we've 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 uh, talked about this concept on the pod. We don't ever want to try to compare ourselves to. So, you know, like a soldier that goes to war. But I will tell you, this is a business where it does affect you mentally. You take it man, you take it mm. home with you, you don't know. You act you know, you act differently. And it does
2: it and it does it to everyone. There's it no you
0: psychologically there's... in a way that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, and I think it's it's a combination of like putting up with other people's bullshit, having to do that with a smile running your ass off, wanting to, chasing that dollar, the friction of being around the other
2: yeah, the working
1: cars. working late fucking nights, man. Oh your God. sleep
2: schedule's all fucked up, it's man. A like, it's a hundred things. And, and yeah. you're
1: constantly surrounded by alcohol and drugs in, yeah. in that world.
2: You're yeah. constantly surrounded by completely it. normal. I mean yeah. finding them on the ground. You're like, oh I wasn't planning on doing right. it. Like, seem, oh look what I found. Yeah. It does <laughs>
0: exactly. seem to some some sense second nature like that is so ingrained yeah. that it's um you do get desensitized. To, well, to, to that being part of the industry at, well, you know,
2: at times, I, I I think something that needs to be that needs to be a, um, more normalized in general is a, you know it's like anything you know is is both both pre- prevention and and like crisis management. So like like the industry and individual businesses, I think, need to make a, an effort to put an approach into wellness, yeah. and mm-hmm. and whether that be in you know,
1: so offering
2: what, offering some sort can of can you even imagine like a bar off, with an outreach program offering, for outreach. offering? Well, I'm just thinking about offering like insurance or, or trying to set them up with with affordable th- people with a, uh, affordable therapy. So yeah. let me give um, you a, let me give you let then, me jump
0: in really quick and give you an example because you know uh, one of the things I've said for years is: Have you ever noticed how? Um, the qualifications to be a bar manager is you happen to be the shithead that's available. Right.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, right. So a lot,
0: and, and no knock on anybody that's been a bar manager, but a lot of times that person's not qualified to manage people psychologically or their problems or different personalities. Um, right. But I, I do, have or some, they end
2: up being the bar manager because they've just gotten so surly that like, you can't right. have them behind the bar anymore. Right, right, they're like right. this guy—they're so they, jaded. They know how the fuck. Yeah, can run, runs. they can run. They can. They can run the business, but they got I've, so jaded that you can't have them with customers.
0: I've, yeah. I've got some friends that work at, a, at some. Uh, I, I would say some more sophisticated restaurant groups where a lot of the managers are, uh, you know, have backgrounds in psychology, social work, are trained more in human resources, people skills than they are necessarily in the restaurant business and you know for it doesn't always work i mean you can get you can definitely get too corporate to the point where there is no um sure. there is no morale there's no desire to really uh, you know pride in that business right i'm working for applebees it's a fucking applebees i come and i go and whatever right but there is a fine line with some of these uh growing restaurant groups that might have 20 locations 30 locations they have a you know chief hr or general manager for the Different ones that are a little bit more qualified. So I do think that there is a little bit of a come up in the industry where people are understanding, hey, look, if I'm going to make this motherfucker work 90 hour weeks until five o'clock in the morning and they're going to get, you know, and they're going to put up with a lot of bullshit because of the district that we're in, you know, we have to find a way to reinvest in that person's mental health long term yeah. so mm-hmm. well, i do and, think that that's changing very gradually very gradually but and right.
1: i, I kind of want to jump in here really quick because kind of what you're talking about trent um you know having people looking out for you um a lot of the times it's not just people that are there you know who care about you and are going to pat you on the back and try and you know treat you nice like sometimes like tough love is really what it takes. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best memories, and this is not to do with uh, addiction or anything like this, but it, 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 it centers around it, uh, centers around the same um, mentality. One of my best memories is being at Hillbury. This is not when you were there, Steve, but I was there with Dirty Tom and Brian, and I was having—I was tripping on some mushrooms, having a great fucking time, but I was being an asshole, and I was bumping into people, and, you know, mm-hmm. just getting too rowdy, yeah. and at one point, I knocked Brian's beer out of his hand, and, and he looked down, and instead of me apologizing, I just stomped on it and laughed and danced away because I was having too much fun, and at one point, I was just dancing and looking up the show, and here comes Dirty Tom to give me a big hug. And I'm like, oh, Tom. And then he just haystacks me. Brian's right behind me on all fours. Dirty Tom just fucking <laughs> pushes me over him. I fucking, boom, hit the, hit the mud. Hat goes flying. All the people around start clapping and cheering. I stick my hand up in the air. They grab me and they pulled me right back up and kept dancing. But that's one of my favorite memories of my entire life because... And it's
2: something the people were clapping and cheering too because you had been... been you, had, being a you, had, you had vexed no them exactly. at some point. They're like like this motherfucker needs to get feeling. checked. Exactly. But that's,
1: that's the point. I had these friends that loved me enough and accepted me enough for who I was that even when I'm getting a little out of hand, they can check sure. me. They can check sure. me because they love me and they're willing to fucking push me down in the fucking mud to let me know, hey, I love you, ma'am, but get your shit together.
2: But I do think, I understand what you're saying, but I do think in the in, in the industry and in my experience in the industry, um, there's, there's maybe, there's, that's not, there's not a follow-up to that, mm-hmm. you know? maybe it's like hey you fucked up all right we're going to clown on you a little bit or something right. or you're fucking up but there's
1: no well, when do it we back get up. but
2: there's but you right right and then and then yeah they're not that the, the metaphorical pickup doesn't yeah. doesn't actually happen yeah. i mean and then also on the not just on the note of that i mean i mean there's some things there it's like you know what the film unions trying to work on right now like there needs to be some just basic moratoriums on like turnover. You know, you need to have more than a 10 hour turnaround. If you're doing a, a cloping or something, you right. know, people, people just, you need to be able to have a, a fucking meal. You know, if you've got over eight hours, yeah, shit that there are, doesn't, there
0: are always, these, shit that are doesn't always these, ever happen. Right. There are always these industries. And it's crazy. Right. So, uh, you know, that the standard is, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, we've never actually touched on this in the pod, but, Four hours of service work is supposed to get you a 15 minute break.
3: Yep. yep. Uh, Never happens. Nowhere
0: break. 12 hours is supposed to be an hour. And I can't tell you how many shifts I've worked. 15 plus double straight doubles you know, 15 to 20 hour shifts. And and that's not a joke. I mean, working deep into the night.
2: Maybe had know, four cigarettes, but you did like service cigarettes where you smoked them in I, 45 seconds. I, I pray to the Lord <laughs> like if Pinocchio. I could sneak,
0: <laughs> I pray to the Lord if I could sneak three saltine crackers during that shift, Yeah. Seriously. So, yeah. look, I, I I do, I know we can go down this road all night because we've all been, we've, we've had the brunt of this business on us and we love it too. We love it. And so we feel for other people in this, but we, I got to rein us in a little bit. Cause we're getting to that mark.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, this right. is great. This is. I think Bravo. this has been our longest, our longest episode yet, and
0: and hands down one of our best. I will yeah. say, you know, Trent. Usually, when we get to the end of the gauntlet, we say, "Bravo, you've made it through." But I, or want you, you
1: survived it. Yeah.
0: But I want you to know, I feel like I survived.
1: I'm, in
2: a, <laughs> I'm
0: exhausted in a good way. I'm a
2: bit of a talker. <laughs> no, I fucking
0: love it, man. You're, talk, you're talking to a
2: talker, right? But I'm just saying, man, the
0: stories you told tonight, I am like. I, there, there've been so the the real test is when we are on the hook for one of your stories and then you turn us the other direction and that happened like
3: five times. <laughs> and so dude, I'm I'm spinning
0: my like maybe it's the Palomas and the stories a little bit together, but uh man, absolutely bravo! You yeah. crushed,
1: crushed. Thanks, man. It was also Thanks, it was also awesome hearing a little like getting a little bit of that insight into what um you know New Orleans is like. Because that yeah, is man. such an iconic place in the United States. What a town. It's, it's, what it's a really town. cool to kind of get a deep cut into that. And like I said, yeah. Steve and I are going to come out and fucking you do it. You are absolutely going to do it. Tred, you did, it. You do did that. it justice, man. The picture you
0: you uh, painted for the people tonight. It is. Look, this is theater of the mind. The only way um what's so beautiful about this medium is they're going to use their imaginations to build it
2: but sure. you painted it with love such
0: it. such color and texture <laughs> <my head. I'm laughs> it was beautiful
2: the, the was people beautiful. of that city are second to none i mean well I'm not, that's not to slight any other people it's just flavor it's i love great. that place so much i love the people in that city yeah. and in particular uh, you know i love the you know the, the service industry the arts community I mean that's everyone. No, yeah. I would. I, I'm saying in particular that's everyone. That's the almost what? the whole city is in service arts, um, music. Right. You know, yeah, music. It, it's or, or in it to some extent. Vitality, right? And they uh, and they, start, and they understand. They way, they yeah. understand all of these things and, and and that too. Like I'm even then. You know, eight years in, I'm new to that. I mean, I'm I'm still a rookie. I I can't Man, wait used to. It. Get you, you guys down earlier. here and introduce you to some of the some of the 20 the plus vets. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but Trent, you said it earlier. You got the swamp in you, baby. You I, got do. It. You I, do. It. I do. Swamp in your blood. Swamp in your blood. Um. All right. So, look, we got to do a little cleanup. We call this the How's Our Driving section. This is where we ask our guests to review the show a little bit and give us any recommendations you have. I don't care if it's a type of food, a restaurant that you like, drinks you like, um, anything that you can give us recommendations on, show or otherwise. Go, baby.
2: Okay. Um I think you guys are killing it. I know this is a new podcast. Burr, 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 uh, burr, 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 burr. Definitely don't, yeah, No sound effects. I like it. As long as they're just voice sound effects, that'd be fine. We um,
0: listen, we only do karaoke
1: on this
2: podcast. You know, the only I don't I don't I don't have um I don't have any reviews or critiques um on this. I know you guys are working out the best way to make this thing the most efficient. Okay, so better ben, yet, then, recommendations.
1: So, we've got international listeners. If they ever make absolutely. it to the States and they go to New, New Orleans, Orleans, yeah, like, yeah. go to Bourbon Street for a little while, go check it out, but where do we need to go if we go to New because, Orleans? Because, Trent, we got people
2: in Sweden. We got people oh, yeah. in the UK. Shout That's what out. I've heard. That's fucking awesome. That's right. All Tell right. Them. If okay, let's that. just let's just run them down. I mean, man, I feel like they should just be like on a blitz right here like set a timer.
1: The, and the first thing is act like you know.
2: yeah like
0: you know. Trent, let's play a game. okay. We're gonna see how many great recommendations you can name in a minute. all right we have five seconds to the minute mark. all right all right
2: but wait hold up, hold up before you start this timer. Am I, am I giving any descriptions or am I just running names?
0: You can do descriptions too. I'm going to let you improv, baby. Play it like okay. jazz. New Orleans jazz here, baby. New Orleans jazz. <laughs> I got
2: Ready? it. Ready?
0: Three, two, one, go.
2: Pals Lounge by Bayou St. John. One of the coolest little dives on the planet. Neighborhood bar extraordinaire. BJ's in the bywater. Almost ditto, but live music. A little different flair. A little bit more, you know, uh, Port City vibes oh god oh god music Saturn bar best dive on the planet so good uh we've got the toulouse Cedar used to be I hate the name used to be one- eye jacks great music Mimi's in the Marini, new location we've got uh oh god oh god I was talking about it earlier chart room upper quarter uh tonique hate the name love the bar <laughs> Hobdobbs Wolf. Uh, further up to, ooh, Miss Maze. Oh, yeah, Miss Maze. That shit's, that shit's trashy. Big Daddy, straight across from, oh man, that one'll fuck you up. Peps, oh, where else do I drink? Parkview Tavern. Actually, no, don't go to Parkview Tavern. That's my spot. Never go there. <laughs> and
3: time That's it. And
2: <laughs> You can go to Parkview Tavern if I take you to Parkview Tavern. <laughs> okay. I hope you take Steve Right to Parkview Tavern one day. All
0: right. So, listen. That's the rule. Act like you know, Trent, when you get Act there. Act like you
2: know. Act like yeah. you know. All right. All right. I look, didn't do nearly as well on the. On no, that the, was that, perfect. Dude, on the crushed, blitz, that was I wonderful. Was that
1: yeah, was great. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm amazed I you didn't live, list them off alpha fucking better. So, oh, man. Trent, we
0: were playing. I feel people. like I could do better. Baby, we were playing music there. You hit the notes. Look,
1: trust me, ladies and gentlemen.
3: If you've enjoyed this episode, Steve
1: and I at some point are going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, yeah. and Trent's going to show us around, and we're going to have some fucking bonus content you for you. Can,
0: you can fund our bar tab. Thank yes,
2: you. exactly. Hounane, All right, Happy Mardi Gras day. <laughs> All right. So gotta, Trent, we, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Closing question.
0: Mike, no, you tee him up. This is your beautiful guest that you have introduced into my (laughs) life. I cannot thank you enough, Trent. It has been a Fucking
2: pleasure, oh, Likewise, man. I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm, same, same. It's I gonna be like, it's I gonna like, be trouble.
0: Dude, we're
1: kindred spirits. It's our
0: energy is our energy. You guys are gonna be dude, it's gonna be fire. <laughs> For you, not fire and it's gonna be fire and more fire. It's just gonna be. <laughs> be, 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 be,
1: be All right, know. Trent. So one of our closing questions. Why do you still do this? AKA Why do you fucking hate yourself?
2: Mm, that's good. You know, I just got drugged back in. I didn't I had not bartended, I'd not been behind a bar since July of twenty twenty. Um, and two really good friends of mine reopened the bar that, uh, I used to work at the the owner to, to preface, the owner has, has passed and they're, they're opening it in the, with the, with the grace of the estate. Um, but, but I do it because the people, I mean, in the same situation, it's like, it's people that I care about a lot. They want people they trust. Mm -hmm. They trust me. I trust them to not, you know, do a lot of the things that we've talked about tonight. (laughs) Um and I and I love and I love the customers. I yeah. really do. As much as they talked about how much I hate the customers too. Yeah. I love people. I love those interactions. Yeah. And the reality is, is that you know, it was it's kinda like Steve was saying, you know, he got back in, he's got his regular Friday shift. That's what I'm I just started doing again was a regular Friday at this club. It's in my neighborhood, and it's 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 enough for me. I I got bored, you know? Yeah, I mean, I really did. I mean, still, I'd go out to bars and everything else, but I just got a little bored not being behind it. You know, yeah. you have, I, I, there's Trent, something you, I love about it.
0: Do you have friends in your life that don't get it? Because my co- totally. So my college friends, maybe two or three of them, also bartended. So many of them don't get it, dude. They 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 to this day think I'm a psycho because. Every Friday night, and and I have a lot of friends that I went to college with. They're from all over the country, but now live in like Baltimore and DC, and close enough mm-hmm. that we could go out on a Friday. And they don't understand why I'm not available, and and I I can't I can't explain it to them. I can't explain to them why I won't give up this Friday night. I love it too much, man. It is there's is this electricity when I walk in. I walk in, and I have the same routine. I walk up the steps. I go straight through the kitchen. I go, what up, boys? And all the kitchen staff turns, Steve, what's going on? Yeah, man. I grab my rag. (laughs) I put it in my hip. I put my keys up on the hook. I shoot right out to the bar. I I slug a beer bomb with my buddy Sam. We do it at the beginning of every single shift, and then I'm right into it, dude. I'm taking orders. I do a sweep of the bar. I do trash and ice, and that's my routine every time when I get there, man. And it's like – it, it just, I, it, it, it it's my, it's my stage, man. There's nothing like it, you
2: know. I was, I was behind the bar. I mean, why do you hate yourself? To answer that question. I was behind the bar for the first time, the Wednesday before I came up to Kansas, and I got in the middle of it. And I'm like, eh. I really did. I had a little growl, you know, and it was funny. And, and it was all of my boys. there was actually an act, a band that that I, I have played with at times, and I didn't because I thought I was already going to be in Kansas, and then. They got somebody else to play drums for the gig, so I was like, "Who is who's my best friend and neighbor?" I was like, "Well, fuck it!" So I called the the people running. I'm like, "Hey, who's and Wednesday?" They're like, uh, I don't know. I was gonna do it. I was like, "Do you not want to?" Like, "Fuck yeah, I don't want to." I was like, "Give it to me." <laughs> and then even in that little growl, I was just like, "Oh well, duh!" Like, this is it. Come on, man. This is your this is your play, and it was just you know. A few people that I didn't know that were being... uh, Like, the tiniest bit of a pain in the ass. Can I have a lemon and a lime with my Grey Goose soda? Can I have a little bit more... Do you want to just top a little more Grey Goose in there? I'm like... <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm a masochist. All right, fuck it. I'm I don't even give a shit. It. Fine, that's, I will. That's what I love about you. That's what I love about your
1: aura as a bartender is these people have no idea the shit that you've seen or been through. You know what I mean? You, you have that air of confidence to be like, yeah, fine. You need an extra fucking lemon. You just yeah. plop it in there. Yeah. Because they just, they have no fucking idea it. They're sitting
2: there trying to... Well, this this one guy that he just kept ribbing me for just a little floater. Oh, greatness. that extra pork. Yeah, that extra like, pork. What you know, right. man? What the fuck ever? We're this about shit. to start another three-hour podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Be, all right. Yeah, that was that. That's basically it. I mean, that's that's that's. I I, I can't get away from it. Same. I mean, same man. It's romantic, yeah.
0: you know, dude.
1: It's
2: it just really like a
0: relationship, right? You fight, you fuck, and guess what? You fall in love all over again.
1: That, yeah,
2: man. It's, it's, it's like just, a toxic relationship. It's just like it's, music. It's, too. It's, it just <laughs> keeps kicking your ass, and you just keep going back. All right. So, perfect. So, this is a perfect segue.
1: So, last question before we get you out of your trend. Take us home, Mikey. If you opened a bar, what would you call it, or what would the theme of your bar be? I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> The
2: people know. The people, <laughs> people listen. All right. The people know. It, no, would be I a, mean,
0: it would be a mental health bar. It would be oh, better. no.
2: No, what I'm saying is I wouldn't do it. I don't hate <laughs> oh, myself okay. that I'm much. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I totally misread
3: that. <laughs> I thought that was comics. <laughs> All right.
1: Very nice. You know what? There, there there's. Some, I know you've listened to a couple episodes, but there are some other fucking bartenders that you would resonate with. We asked Tony Castino in episode uh, three. What if you open a bar? What would you, you know, what would you call it? Or what would the Thibees like? I don't want to open a fucking bar. Yeah, <laughs> like some some of these people know, like they they are killer bartenders like yourself. <sighs> they they know how to do it. They could manage a bar. They could fucking open it up. But they don't
0: stand want it on their head. It. But they
1: they they, they, they know, know that this is not something that I've they seen, want.
2: I've seen that business from all sides for too long. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! Well, on
0: that on that note, Trent, my God, man. Uh I, I don't think we've had anybody it, it feels like um it feels like a Goldilocks situation where somebody's living in my house and sleeping in my bed. I don't think we've had any guests come in and take over the way that you did. <laughs> this has been an absolute like assumption of power.
2: Well, okay, easy, easy. No,
0: I love it, man. I, I don't know.
2: You're it's welcome really. on this, this pod
1: anytime. And I go, okay, no, okay. No.
2: all right. As long as it was a com- as long as it was comfortable, you know. No, I this was, was a,
1: this was a great. episode. I wasn't. I wasn't, You, know, you been only been got of, one snort, motherfucker. has right? been a lot of.
2: You better been, get some more on the boat. There's been a the lot of cuck jokes tonight. <laughs> I didn't come in here to try to cuck your podcast. Okay, <laughs> I swear to God.
0: I would sit on it again. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me, me. <laughs> Jesus All right,
0: can't wait to see you in New Orleans, my friend. What a fucking night, boys. Listen. We're going to shut it down, but that doesn't mean it's over. All right? Until next time, my friends.
2: And au revoir. Hope you get some sleep, Steve. Thanks, buddy. Meat! <laughs> That's going to need some edits. <laughs> hey, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes most weeks. We're going to keep trying to do it once a week, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep it coming. Help us out uh, by giving us those likes and shout-outs and everything. Fuck that. Let's start over. Three, two, one. I like that. What was wrong
0: with that? <laughs> keep going. Just tell them about Trauma Party. Tell them oh, about God the Trauma man.
1: Party. A big shout-out over at visit. You. We already did this recording once. It was perfect, and then I wasn't recording, so... A big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast When You Heard Throughout the Show. Uh, go check them out on Facebook and Spotify. Definitely listen to their bonus episode. Uh, they came right before this one. Great episode. And hey, uh, while you're showing them some love on Spotify, go check out the fucking Bartender Ramp podcast, Boobash for Halloween. It's a great fucking Halloween playlist, and all you fucking creepy fucking ghouls out there need to check it out. Damn Skippy.
0: And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify, at the Bartender Ram Podcast. You can hear all the times that Mike slurs his words and then pretends that he's not drunk. It's a super fun activity, especially for a guy like me who's going to be made to take fucking 10 shots in a row during the 25th episode. I'm not looking forward to this. Look, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review because we need the personal validation.
1: We really need the personal validation. Now fuck you, Mike. If you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Ramp podcast on Patreon. So VIPs will always have a seat at the bar. You're going to get access to bonus content, which eventually is going to have Tramp back on there when Steve and I inevitably make it down to fucking New Orleans for Mardi Gras. You're also going to have a chance to vote on new episode content and receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. And if you want to be a big tipper... A.K.A. one of our
0: Bozels. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Ramp Podcast at gmail.com. Look, Mike, do, Mike and I do this because... Mike do?
1: Mike do! Who's fucking drunk, you piece of fucking shit?
0: I'm allowed to get drunk. Mike and I do this because <laughs> we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content. We also want you guys to love the show. And guess what? You have all the power. This is not our day job. So if you support us, we can keep bringing you great content. If you support us, you can help us... Uh, Keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders coast to coast. And as always, don't just
1: listen along. Drink along. Fucking perfect, goddamn it! Do
0: it with fucking stones in in your in your pants this time.
1: And stones in my pants?
0: Yeah, do it with some plums.
1: Okay. Hey, everyone.
3: <laughs> all right hold on.